This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. NBC's regular daytime programs will return tomorrow. Today, we celebrate the beginning of the holiday season with Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. An anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV. I give you Super Train. Episode 429, submission number 2456, the 1987 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. The 1987 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade aired on NBC on the date of Thursday, November 26, 1987. It aired one time, obviously. We're not going to do the crock block joke there. But that day, it happened to preempt Sale of the Century, Classic Concentration, Wheel of Fortune, and Win, Loser, Draw. All four shows lasted multiple crock blocks. That's more than 16 episodes, the same amount of episodes of Uncle Crock's Block. Husband Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show, School, J.J. Starbuck, number of aired episodes of Salvage One, and Tiger King and Misfits of Science, and Will Bush. Ha, I did sneak in a crockpot reference there. Now, Mike, let's be thankful this was two years earlier when it preempted your numbers up. And as I mentioned to Greg and Chico earlier this week, your numbers up, believe it or not, was supposed to be hosted by Mark Summers. What? He mentioned this on his podcast. His most recent podcast had uh, Jim J. Bullock on it, and he mentioned that he was supposed to host your numbers up, but some power that be, presumably Sandy Stewart, called and said, you're not going to host because we want somebody with more experience. And for that reason, they picked Nipsey Russell because I'm guessing... Star Wars pilots and the jackpot pilot is more experienced. So let's go back to 1987. We're going to go to New York City. The weather that day, meh, it's going to be a high of about 55 degrees, but there's a chance of rain. So we're going to try and avoid the raindrops and stay warm in this so-so weather. And there's only one way you could do that during this holiday. You go out, you see the parade. You go see the celebrities. You go see the balloons. You go see Willard Scott. You see the Today Show staff covering the parade. And, of course, the big ending, you got to wait for Santa. Because, you know, once you see Santa, it's officially holiday time. And now look, Willard Scott's wearing a hat and he's waving an American flag. Yes, this would be the first of many changes for the 87 Macy's Day Parade because Willard Scott has been taking over for Pat Sajak. And I did my research. He would go on to host for at least four more years. And this is when my childhood memories of the parade come from when Willard was hosting the parade. And look, 
we see them march, and look what's right behind them. Spider-Man, because he's making his debut at the parade this year. Okay, our hosts are Word Scott and Mary Hart. So let me just do this real quick, because, dear God, they run the credits very fast here. Ben Vereen, Emmanuel Lewis, Patrick Swayze, Bobby Vinton, Goya Loring, Burt Parks, Bobby and the Rockers, Sandra Santiago, Elena Reed, Michael Davian, Rita Coolidge, David Forsythe, Kate Brown, Ed Fry, Joel Schultz, Deidre Hall, Clifton Davis, John Tesh, The Osman Boys, Bruce Wetz, Todd Joyce Brevers, Christopher Hewitt, Greg Sirvich's Kids, Bruce Rashad, The Oak Ridge Boys, Pia Zadora, Judy Kay, Cabaret, Lavis Rob, Teddy and Alice, Starlight Express, Into the Woods, Clowns, 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 clowns. <laughs> Radio City Music Hall Rockets. Bands! Exclamation point. NCA Superstar Drill Team. Floats! Exclamation point. Balloons! Exclamation point. Spider-Man, Ronald McDonald, Superhero Skate, Snuggle the Bear. And Santa Claus! Exclamation point. In red with a white drop shadow. He's important. They sure did you know, make a point to mention a lot of clowns. What if we have people who are afraid of clowns? What are they going to do? Well, right there, Willard Scott, he's the original clown. Your first Ronald McDonald. And apparently he's a superstar. He's apparently wearing the sailor hat that they wear at uh, Scoops Ahoy. Yeah, because around this time, yeah, Scoops Ahoy would have been at the Starlight Mall on Stranger Things. So I guess that's appropriate. Wait, you said the Starlight Mall? Oh, the Starcourt Mall. I'm sorry. Okay, no, I was going to say if it's the Starlight Mall, well, is there a bus that runs there called the Starlight Express? Not yet. So what we have now, this is a big group of cheerleaders. I didn't see where they're from. They're the NCA Superstars Drill Team, and they begin every parade. I don't know. I'm going to guess this is on a float because there are some... Yeah, it's on a float. You can see the the, the layers there because some of the uh, drill team members, they are like six levels high, so they must be a good guessing 25 to 30 feet off the ground. And actually, there's one on top, so guessing that person's like 35 feet off the ground. Chair honors with this morning... Sioux Falls, South Dakota's favorite daughter, one of the great ladies of television, entertainment this night or any other night, Mary Hart. Mary is upstairs at the side of the parade site to upstairs, uptown, about two and a half miles. Mary's been uptown for years at 77th Street, Central Park West. Mary, we ought to call this three hours of entertainment today because this is a big show. <laughs> Hi, Willard. Boy, I tell you, I know it looks exciting down there. We should call it, uh, why don't we say entertainment today? We'll get both of our programs into the act. You it is so exciting uptown here where the bands are starting to march down and we're seeing the balloons. You'll be seeing all of it down there. But it really, you said it's the most exciting day of your life. Well, my heart is palpitating too and the people are so enthusiastic along the parade route here. 
Anyway, I wanted to know, you're such a natural at this. Have you ever marched or waved along this parade route before? Well, I've worked a couple of times with the Today Show, you know, at the premiere or the preview of the show, but this is the first time I've ever done it myself in person to be the host. But what I really want to be one of these days is a giant balloon. But in all these 61 years of Macy's history, there's only been one balloon that was a humanoid that looked like a real person. And that was Eddie Cantor, the great Eddie Cantor, the song and dance man. Willard, knowing you... What the... Good heavens, kill it with fire! Oh my god! What is... That doesn't... You don't look like Eddie Cantor to me! You look like... Eddie Cantor's head and... I don't know, uh... Floating on a giant turtle or something. It looks like it's floating on a chicken! Now, I want to know what year that's from. Now, it's black and white, and I'm guessing it's a still, so it had to be from sometime in, like, the 40s or 50s. Well, to let you know, Eddie Cantor only appeared in the 1934 parade. Oh, good, so it was only one year. That was a still from 89 years ago. Wow. All right, uh, we're going to go to our first break. We have Joel Gray and Cabaret coming up, and who is the other person? Oh, we have the Spider-Man balloon coming up. Oh, he decided to make an appearance this year. Okay. No, yeah. it's Superman. This is Spider-Man's debut. DC, Marvel, whatever. It's all stupid comic books. Don't write me. All right, let's see what's in the first commercial break. See, Dennis, I know I've missed dinner three nights in a row. But winning this case could get me a partnership in the firm. You have to eat without me. Adios. Is this the law firm of Newland, Andrews, and Martinez? Teresa. I figured you could use the McDonald's break. I do love you, you know. Is that the truth and nothing but the truth? I swear. Then case closed. Your wife brings you McDonald's in the middle of the night when you're working on a big case. That's love, baby. Get you somebody like that. Mike, I could see you put the tongue in your mouth like, ah. Yeah, that made me puke. But you can tell it's an 80s commercial because look behind the couple. You've got glass block all over the place. Nothing says 1980s like glass block windows. That needs to make a comeback. I've got some in my basement. I don't mind. They look really nice and they keep the cold out. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care in hopes that St. Nicholas soon would be there. Santa Claus. <laughs> the children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama and her kerchief and I and my cat had just settled down to a long winter's nap. There's no better gift than the sound of your voice. If you've flown in by plane, or with Superman for that matter, to join the millions of people watching the parade in person today, this might have been your very first view of New York City. Now, if you haven't been here before, finding your way around town can be just a little bit confusing. You probably recognize the Manhattan skyline, but you may not know that in the midst of all the skyscrapers is an 843-acre park. And our parade route begins right along the west side of this beautiful Central Park at 77th Street. It marches south for about 18 blocks right on down to Columbus Circle. 
At Columbus Circle, the parade veers slightly to the left and picks up on Broadway. And from there, it's a straight march to 34th Street and Herald Square. Oh, look, there's the Garfield balloon, Mike. I'm glad he showed up for Thanksgiving, because as we know, he doesn't like Mondays. This is a Thursday. Ha ha ha. What? Wait, no. What was that? Looks like a bunch of dogs and a newspaper. But what? Oh, it's, it looks like it says Purina behind. Oh, that's because the... it does. Well, of course. Oh, it looks like it's a Purina dog chow promotional float of some sort. But what the heck is that dog dressed as? And then somebody's dressed up as a rolled up newspaper. And the doghouse. This is horrible. This is like some bad fever dream. I love that the dog is like showing so much sass. This would have been Poochie if Poochie was around in 1987. <laughs> oh, we got a performance of Cabaret. With Joel Grey, we should add. Yes. Oh, look, there's a gorilla. Do I see my princess in the audience? I think you would have been too busy working the NFL today with Brett and Jimmy the Great today, Mike. Because remember, yeah. Mike Frances has started out as a researcher on the NFL today before he went to WFA yet. He could have made a side venture to go see a gorilla. Did Joel Grey just touch that gorilla's belly button? Yes. You know what this reminds me of? What? Tracy from the Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah. Would have been around this time. And also, obviously, we're not playing the music because don't want to get any sort of strikes on YouTube. No. Hey, there's Woody Woodpecker. But, oh, coming up next, we have Les Miserables, Patrick Swayze, and the Snuggle Bear! That's right. Also, remember, would Dirty Dancing have been out in 87? Absolutely, yes. yes. Oh, good. Oh, commercial break number two. Let's see what's in commercial break number two. Grown ups. Okay, can we describe what's in this commercial? Kids harassing farm animals. Why is a kid slapping a turtle on the shell? And why is another kid chasing a goose with a watering can trying to spritz water on the goose? The goose does not want that. The turtle's probably thinking to himself, I want to get the hell out of here. The goose was thinking that too. I'm surprised the goose didn't turn on the kid. Oh, I'm so nervous about what to give her. I wonder what this is about. Nervous about what to give her. She's so fashionable. Mm. Isotoner gloves. Designer clothes for my hands. She's so hard to buy for. Everything has to go with everything. Ooh, isotoner gloves. And they fit perfectly. <laughs> they match Tootsie. 
Isotoner gloves. You've got a great gift on your hands. Well, maybe even not so little a kid sitting on the curb along the parade route. You'd have a great ball. Also too many clowns. 700 of them today along this parade route. All of them regular employees of Macy's. And lined up here in Clown Alley are, well, nearly all 700 of them. But we don't have time to talk to but a few. And we're going to start with this gentleman who has been in the parade for how many years now? Seven years. Why do you keep coming back year after year? I love the little kids. I love to watch them. Their faces are marvelous, really. Well, looking at your sparkling eyes, I know... I'm guessing an artifact of the film, Greg. I'm with Greg. I'd like to blame otherwise. Maybe this uh, is like the experience of someone taking too much LSD while watching the parade. Maybe this is like when you see all these clowns, it's like, oh, it's got to keep. Oh, thank God. It just kicked out. I don't like clowns. Wait, you don't like clowns, Chico? I don't like clowns. How can you not like clowns? They look creepy. Wait. So when Doink the Clown appeared in the WWF, you did not like Doink the Clown? No! Well, I can understand, because as we all know, Doink the Clown loved the Coke. So... <laughs> Go watch that episode about Matt Bourne on Dark Side of the Ring, people. We're seeing, like, this uh, demonstration of them blowing up a balloon. I wonder where this is, Mike. I've seen these in the past. I thought they're done possibly in New Jersey. Okay. But I'm like, where would they be blowing this up in New Jersey or somewhere? Well, it's got to be some sort of like college football practice field. Clearly it's a football practice field or maybe even a football field. But, and I think sometimes they do it in, uh, in warehouses. And that's the Snuggle Bear? Okay, that is the Snuggle Bear. Okay, it took a little time for me to... Oh, the Snuggle Bear's in a stocking. How adorable is that? Snuggle gets all your stockings nice and soft when you put them in the dryer. If you're the type to put stockings in the dryer. Well, look, Willard's interviewing some old people. I wonder if they turn like 100 years old today, Mike. I was already saying this old lady looks like the female version of Larry Bud Melman. You know, it's been like, what, we've covered this parade for like five years. I'm surprised we haven't gotten a Larry cameo in one of these. Larry only works at night. Well, that is true. Oh, look, still to come, Rita Coolidge rags to Rich's kids and Snoopy. Commercial dump three. <laughs> Oh, and the ninja. That's why it's so refreshing when something really perfect comes along. Like Diet Coke. Tastes great straight. Or on the rocks. Yet it's just one calorie. That's why Diet Coke is the perfect soft drink. For an imperfect world. And that would have been... How many years before he became James Bond? Uh, I believe eight. But remember, Mike, Pierce Brosnan was supposed to be James Bond around this time because he was like going to be James Bond in 87 for the Living Daylights. But Remington Steele got renewed, preventing him from being James Bond. So that's why they went with Timothy Dalton instead. 
And the less we say about Timothy Dalton, the better. Listen, I will not have any Timothy Dalton slander on this podcast, damn it. He was great in Doom Patrol, damn it. I will not hear you badmouth the High Council President Rassilon. I said what I said, I'm going to stand by it. He's just like a little blip in James Bond history. We know Sean Connery, good. We know Roger Moore, good. We know Pierce Brosnan, all right, super good. And we know Daniel Craig, good. George Lazenby, one movie, yeah. But Timothy Dalton, no, he's like, no. He's like the Zeppo of uh, the Marx Brothers in terms of, of, of James Bond's. Does that make George Lazenby gummo? George Lazenby is more like a zero. I'm sorry. Yeah, Greg, you want to say something? You never saw her on Her Majesty's Secret Service, have you? That's a great movie. It is. It is a great movie. It is legitimately a great movie. Mike. It sets the table for everything. Again, I stand by what I say regarding Timothy Dalton. Well, everyone's entitled to their wrong opinion, Mike. <laughs> You're more than welcome. Next commercial, please. Got a gift. Foot soothing deer foams. The gift that soothes. Betty Lou's got a new pair of shoes. Betty Lou's got a new pair of shoes. Betty Lou, Betty Lou's got a new pair of shoes. Foot soothing deer foams. Soft and stretchy, foamy and fun. After a day in shoes, you owe yourself the gift that soothes. Mary Lou's got a new pair of shoes. Mary Lou's Christmas, give foot soothing deer foams for feet that are dear to you. Okay. Not only is a 35 millimeter Olympus Infinity totally autofocus, auto quick flash, auto everything, it's also totally weatherproof. The Olympus Infinity, absolutely great pictures, absolutely no hassles. From Walt Disney Pictures, it's time for magic. Oh, it's Cinderella. time for excitement. It's because, time for. Guys, this would have been. The uh, re-release of Cinderella. This was back in the time when Disney was still re-releasing movies out in the theaters. Yes, the World Entertainment has a really good deep dive on the Walt Disney classic re-releases. Only watch it if you believe you're ready for it, because it gets dark quickly. But hold on a second. Mary Hart is interviewing Patrick Swayze in a cowboy outfit. He looks like the man in black. And there's a horse. Don't tell me Francesa didn't try coming down here now when you have a griller and a horse. Hey, Patrick, sing She's Like the Wind. Willard, of course everybody loves a parade, including one of the hottest young actors to come out of Hollywood today. He was a sensation earlier this summer in Dirty Dancing. Right now you can see him on screen in Steel Dawn. And anybody, anybody who saw him in Dirty Dancing knows this man is a professional dancer, but he describes himself as the Godzilla of the ballet class. Now, come on, Patrick Swayze, why do you call yourself Godzilla? Well, you know, from gymnastics and football and all of the things, uh, dancing gave me an X amount of flexibility, but I still look like the Hulk versus the ballet, you know? You know, here we are, both of us, for the first time in the parade. Uh, this is also my first time to meet a horse in a parade route and interview a horse. Can you tell me who your date is? Uh, this is Shocker. He, uh... Mary said this is her first time meeting a horse. I think it's at this moment where the mothers say, I'm going to just go to the bedroom. I need to take care of something. And they're totally bringing out electronic devices. Seriously. 
I say this jokingly, but was I the only person aroused looking at Patrick Swayze? Jokingly, I say. Is, um, at Rest the in peace, Patrick Swayze. Yes. We're in partnership with, and Steve Alvis and Joanne own him. And um, uh, I figured if I was going to ride the Macy's Day Parade, I'd rather do it on a, on a gorgeous white stallion than uh, on a float. He is absolutely beautiful, but is he going to get a little skittish? Has he done this before? He may, he may try to deci- decide to ride a bullwinkle, but, <laughs> but it ought to be fun, as long as he doesn't wind up with a tuba around his neck. Exactly. Yeah, the horse wants to ride Bullwinkle while all the moms want to ride Patrick Swayze, thank you. Good night, everybody! Okay, after that, they look like it's Les Miserables. The musical sensation. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen Les Miserables, Mike? I've never seen it, and I've never read it, but I'd like to experience either one. I saw, like, a uh, local production of it, like, I want to say, like, 15 years ago. And do you know how I know it was 15 years ago? How was that? Because that was when Johan Santana got traded to the Mets. Oh, good day in Mets history then. Yeah. Oh, still to come, Clifton Davis and Ronald McDonald. The NBC Thanksgiving comedy weekend starts tonight. First, join the Cosby family for a comedy No, 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 no. No! Oh, different world. Yes! <laughs> what the hell is Woody looking like? like? Mark Twain? Why not? He, did. he looks like Mark Twain! And then what's this? What the hell is this? Is this Mom's dear, boy? Oh, Mama's, Mama's boy. boy. What the hell uh, is More like Mama's feature boy? entry, Mama's boy. What the hell is Mama's boy? I'm, I'm on look- the case. I'm on the case. Hold on. I was totally expecting Night Court there. I don't know what they're doing. Unless they're giving Night Court the week off for the holiday. Well, no. Night Court was airing on Sunday night this week. Ew, Sunday night. That's weird. Because remember, Mike, it's NBC's big Thanksgiving comedy weekend. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. That makes sense. All right, Mama's Boy. Jake McCaskey is a 40-year-old man. When his father died, he decides to let his mother, Molly, move in with him. And she treats him like a boy. Oh, it's got Nancy Walker playing the mother. Oh, we can't not cover this. And oh my gosh, you won't believe who was on an episode. Who? I'll give you a hint. She had the 36 as the first week of Match Game Hollywood Scores Hour. Oh, you're kidding. Twilight was on an episode? I'm not joking. Uh, And this ran six episodes. Oh, good. And this apparently was, oh, it was the pilot that aired on Thanksgiving night even though it was the third episode that aired. And this is the only episode to air until April of 1988. So they had a real winner on their hands. Oh my gosh. I'm looking at the air dates here. This is ridiculous. It premiered on September 19th of 87. Episode 2 aired on Halloween night, October 31st. Then the pilot aired on Thanksgiving. And then uh, I'm guessing that Saturday, April 9th of 88 may have been the Saturday before Easter, possibly. That was episode four. Episode five didn't air till June 29th of 88. And episode six didn't air till August 6th of 1988. Either this was some kind of weird fill-in or this was just like total junk. What else is in this commercial block? 
There are toys and there are hobbies. If you want real remote control cars, come to Hobby World for all of your holiday Hobby. gift needs. 214 East College, only in downtown Appleton. Cool. Our Coast to Coast store is a friendly place, and we probably can name 75 to 80 percent of our customers by name. By the way, you're going to see a lot of Wisconsin references because this comes from Tapehole Annex's feed from WLUK 11 Green Bay Fox Cities. Thank you, Tapehole Annex. That's not a bad price for a staple gun. Tomorrow, Shopco's having a sale so big, I don't need to shout. At 7 o'clock tomorrow morning, this incredible sale starts. And it's only three hours long, so you have to be here at 7 a.m. Because there are so many wonderful buys all over the store, you're going to need every minute. Like black and white TVs for $39.99. Monopoly games, four ninety. dollars They still had black and white TVs in 1987. And they were selling them dirt cheap because ain't nobody buying them no more. I had one till like uh, must have been about ninety two, I think, and yeah. Yeah, I got it like eighty seven or so. You what I mean? Be here seven o'clock tomorrow morning. It's It'll be worth your while. It's a wonderful life today at four. Oh, that's right. Because remember, this is the time when they keep playing "It's a Wonderful Life" like one hundred times a week. But oh look, Mary's with the Peanuts gang. Charlie Brown looks tall. Yeah, I was saying, apparently Charlie Brown, he got into some growth hormones or he just had his growth spurt. He's like <laughs> towering over Mary Hart. Hold on, maybe Jose Canseco introduced Charlie Brown as the HDH. <laughs> maybe because Charlie Brown was so desperate to win a baseball game. Because we all know he can't lose it all the time. And Jose Canseco would have been Rookie of the Year in 1987, so the timing works out. Oh, wait, who's Mary with? Hold on, let me put the audio on. That's Flo today. She is Jill Schultz, and if the name sounds familiar, it be it's because she, yes, indeed, is the daughter of Charles Schultz, the creator of the strip. Jill, great to have you here, and happy Thanksgiving. Well, thank you. Uh, happy Thanksgiving to you. It's it's so exciting to be here. I've never been to one of these parades before. She's the figure skater, right? Skating. When did you start ice skating? I started Schultz. skating when I was around 12, and I competed for about 10 years, and then I did the whole ice show oh, yeah, thing internationally, and... And you'll be doing it today. I have to ask you, though, growing up in a family of five kids, did your... <laughs> First off, hold on. Linus, I love that he has his blanket with him, but he's holding it, like, real super tight. Actually, yes, there were... I'm so creeped out by six, six Charlie Brown there. Even one, once when I was young, I said, Dad, I've discovered something. If you hold your hands upside down while you pray, you get the opposite of what you pray for. <laughs> Jill, it's great to have you here. Lucy, Linus, and Charlie Brown, you've got to get them back on the float so they make it down to Herald Square. Really yeah, so we have to get ridiculous. down, but I do want to say happy birthday, Dad. Because it's his birthday today. And so Thanks, Jill. Thank and you. we send our happy birthday greetings to him, too. Um, that's it. Lucy, wave. Everybody waving. You better get him in the parade. Oh, and look at Snoopy. There comes Snoopy. Snoopy, the dog who thinks he's people. Oh, Starlight Express. And of course, it's all performed on roller skates. And this would have been right before the advent of rollerblades. I wonder if over time Starlight Express has changed to rollerblades instead of roller skates. 
Well, we'll find out next year because it's due for a revival to Starlight Express. It's going to be revived for the West End in London. Ooh. Well, still to come, guys. We got the Oak Ridge Boys, we got Clifton Davis, and we got Barbie and the Rockers. And for the first time, we get to do the bet. Hi, Barbie! Hi, Barbie! Hi, Barbie! Hi, Barbie! Hi, Barbie! And that's the last time over my dead body. Oh, no. No, Mike. Oh, what the Ooh, hell is this? What, what's all this, then? What the hell is this commercial? They're here. Zero gravity. Oh, man. I used to have these. These are awesome. Plummeting through the giant loop as you reach for new speeds and use your skill to master the death-defying spiral and blast up the wall to zero gravity and then back into the giant loop. You make your final move now to take the lead and win. Zero gravity cliffhangers. It's all in how you look at it. New from Tyco, of course. Ronald McDonald Children's Charities. Dedicated to helping children everywhere. Yo, that's great. I like Ronald McDonald's Children's Charities. Oh, and in case it wasn't abundantly clear, the first ad, that was for slot cars. I didn't have those, the zero gravity, but I did have slot cars when I was younger. Armstrong makes your home so nice to come to. Oh, who's Mary with here? Uh, it looks like Deidre Hall. One of my best friends and my business partner, Deidre Hall, is in the parade today, star of NBC. The original Electra woman. Explain your costume. My luggage never arrived. I got to the hotel. Whip this up. What is she wearing, guys? It looks like a uh, damsel costume of some sort. With one tight bodice, I must say. Mike, do you have a review of this outfit? You remember what I said about Patrick Swayze and the mothers are going to excuse themselves from the room? This is about the time the fathers excuse themselves from the room. Yeah, because they probably worn out the Cheryl Teague's laser tits from Sears at this point. Hey, look, we got Clifton Davis singing. Because he is a really good singer, you know. Oh, yeah. He's a good singer, but he's like near a window in a building? He's at the Hal Linden spot. Because remember Hal Linden was at that spot? Overlooking the uh, Coca-Cola and Suntory ads in Times Square? Only this year he's overlooking a big Sony banner. We did cover Clifton Davison. That's my mama, by the way. But of course he would have been that name in at this point. Oh, we're going to have Buffalo Bob, Howdy Doody, and Clarabelle coming up. And then we just saw Garfield. Why would we be teasing him coming up? And Ben Vereen. Buffalo Bob doesn't really seem like era appropriate because he would have been a fixture in the 50s and 60s and, and maybe the 70s. What would kids in 1987 care about Buffalo Bob and Howdy Doody? I don't know. AT&T is connecting everybody. Hey, we got a Hershey's Kisses ad. And to answer your question, Mike, this would be the 40th anniversary of Howdy Doody. I remember because it was a really big deal in 1987 for, I don't know, some reason. Okay, but again, yeah, did he have a TV show in 1987? Would the kids who are watching this necessarily care? I don't think so. Guys, look what's going on right here. Oh, look up in the sky. 
it's a bird it's a plane it's an underinflated superhero oh no guys i know what's happening superman's once again back to hiding his head in shame because you know why Superman for the quest for peace came out in 1987 and he's so ashamed by it. And now he's back into the same spot. He was in 1983. Like, Oh no, another terrible Superman movie. They're not going to make another Superman movie for like 19 years. But okay. Superman, he's like, you know what? I got to rise above it. I got to fly here. Should I fly? No. And Shamu's like, move your ass Superman. Come on. Come on, Superman. Get your ass ready. Oh, look, Mary Hart's singing to a bunch of kids. It's all about the kids on Thanksgiving morning. What can I say? So to come, we have the Cabbage Patch Kids, the cast of Teddy and Alice, and Papa Noel. Oh, look, more Oshkosh. They really do like aiming commercials towards the kids. Not really towards the kids per se, but towards gifts people might buy because we've had isotoner gloves. We had those sort of slipper type of things. We've seen a couple of Oshkosh Bagosh commercials. We had the camera, the 35 millimeter Olympus camera. The zero gravity clip hangers. That too. Good call. And now we're getting down with Santa's drinking Sprite. Punching each other. You know, normally when you see a Santa's fight, it's usually in Detroit. <laughs> You're never going to let that go, are you? No. Oh, there we go. Another ad for those uh, deer foam slippers or whatever they're called. And another McDonald's ad, but oh, McDonald's breakfast. Nummy, nummy. Next, it's the cast of Teddy and Alice. Oh, Yes. Long Island's favorite son, Teddy Roosevelt. Played by Len Carew. Now, Mike, I have a question. Do you think, like King Arthur, Teddy Roosevelt would be very proud of the games on Knights and Warriors? Such a stupid question. What does Teddy Roosevelt have to do with Knights and Warriors? Look, I'm just asking a question. Do you think he'd be very proud of the games on Knights and Wars? Maybe Teddy Roosevelt was a fan of medieval. Well, maybe if there's like a 1900s, 1910s versions of Knights and Warriors, maybe he'd be totally into that. I, I don't know. I know he's a very big uh, athletic person, uh, outdoor enthusiast and stuff like that. So maybe if there was a 1900s version of Knights and Warriors, he'd be all over it. By the way, if the name Len Carrier sounds familiar, he plays the patriarch of the Reagan family, Henry Reagan, on Blue Bloods. That's correct. But this crowd's going absolutely eight right here. They're all waving like their flags and pom-poms. Oh, it's fantastic. I did not know America has Teddy Roosevelt fever in 1987. Oh, yeah. Oh, coming up next, we have Sandra Santiago... We have Spider-Man and who was the third one? Clowns. Clowns. We got more clowns. All the clowns you could ever want. Oh, what's coming up on Thanksgiving comedy weekend on Friday? Ooh, Walt Disney World Celebrity Circus. Oh, Tony Randall and Lisa Bonet are going to be. And Ernest. 
Ernest is going to be there. But, oh, this is even better. We're going to have the network television premiere Police Academy, guys. Aren't you excited? Yes. Wake me when they get to Police Academy 4. And it looks like our mailman is tired. Oh. Probably because he's working on Thanksgiving, which, if you ask me, I don't get. Wait, who's this Dollar Tree Alex Trebek giving this fur coat to this lady right here? You know, I was just going to comment about how this is a relic of the past, actually, like, selling fur jackets. But, Greg, you took it in a totally different direction. Who's this Alex Trebek-looking mama-father? And I don't know. Who's this Summer Bartholomew-looking mother-father? Oh, this place is open Sundays from 12 to 4. So I'm guessing, like, it's... (laughs) You only have a select time to impress your lady to get a fur. Better hurry to Green Bay. Go to Furs of Distinction before 401 on Sunday. Otherwise, you are screwed. Oh, happy Thanksgiving from WLUK. And we're into hour two of the coverage. And we've got a band. The Albertville High School Band from Albertville, Alabama. And it looks like they're performing with the Radio City Rockettes. Mike, describe what's going on here and what I paused. Willard Scott's wearing a pilgrim hat. And you know what Willard would probably, oh, I wish would happen right now. Willard Do you wish say, John Wayne would have come to Willard and said, hey, pilgrim? Hey, Willard Scott. It's me, John Wayne. Happy Thanksgiving, pilgrims. You saw that coming from a mile away. Not even a mile away. You saw it coming from 20 miles away, Mike. I saw it coming from about 100 miles away, to be honest. Next, we have the pilgrims. And alongside them, Miami Vice's Sandra Santiago. Hey, Sandra Santiago. Happy Thanksgiving with you and your pilgrims. I believe she is singing. Oh my god, is she singing? Yeah, she's singing. I did not know she had pipes on her. Well, she does. It looks like she's on an eagle. Is it an eagle or a turkey? It looks like an eagle, but... It's a chicken! It's a giant chicken! That's a chicken?! No, I don't know what that is. I have no clue what the hell she's riding on. It looks like a turkey, but the face looked like an eagle, so that's why I'm like confused as to what she's riding on. I believe it's a canoe. So it's not even a bird at all. It's a canoe. Thank you. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web at a parade. There he goes. It's Spider-Man. Hey there, Spider-Man's at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And 20 short years later, it'll be all about Spider-Pig. That's true. Coming up, Rita Coolidge, Jill Schultz, and Woody Woodpecker. (laughs) Oh, what can I give my teenager? Oh, you know what? Gloves. Because obviously, the Isotoner gloves have made... So much money to be in this parade. 
to have their ads on there. And it'll probably be the best promotion they had until Ace Ventura Pet Detective and Dan Marino's doing that isotoner glove spot before he gets kidnapped. Because no teenagers want an NES in 1987. Is this the 1987 Super Train? Oh, it's another Tyco type of thing. Not really slot cars, it's a slot train. It's a Super Turbo Train. You know what? If Super Train had lasted like longer than past 79, they could have probably had the spin-off series called Super Turbo Train. Well, if you take a look at it, it looks just like Super Train. It's Super Train with Blackjack and hookers. There's no disco on board. We've got a full-fledged nightclub in there. What in God's name is Woodward wearing now? I believe that's a beef eater hat. I was thinking what they'd wear in Russia, but it could be. Actually, yeah, the beef eater hat would have that strap going down to the chin like that. Ah, now it makes sense. Look at the band. They're the Bergenfield High School Band out of Bergenfield, New Jersey. Oh, it's Christopher Hewitt, everybody. It's Mr. Belvedere. He's tipping his hat to the crowd, everybody. Oh, it's the Brigade of the American Revolution. I don't know why a British man like Christopher Hewitt is on this float. I was going to say between that and the Beefeater hats earlier. And now look at Willer Scott. He's wearing a, a tricorn hat. Oh, now he switched sides. What a traitor you are, Willard. But really, Christopher Hewitt is in the middle of that, the uh, fife and drum uh, band for the uh, Brigade of the Revolution, and now this, and now Willard Scott's coming out wearing a, a tricorn revolutionary hat. I almost feel like we need to apologize retroactively to Christopher Hewitt. Christopher Hewitt, if you can hear us, 36 years after the fact, we apologize. Rita Coolidge on the giant turkey, y'all. That's definitely a turkey. There's no question about that. And that's a giant orange cat. Garfield's probably thinking about all the lasagna he's going to eat after this parade. Still to come, Great American Small Dog, Burt Parks, and Bands. I hope Burt Parks does his rendition of Let Him In. <laughs> There's a dog right in this but what's this band right here it's the danbury high school band out of danbury connecticut i love that the back of their like outfits have a top hat on oh it's bird parks with the dog oh my gosh that's creepy like clifford the big inbred dog i'm sorry that's nightmare fuel <laughs> oh there's a one look at it's a great American small dog. It's me, Clifford the Inbred Dog. That's a very cute dog. Clifford, please get the hell out of here. <laughs> I don't know who told you to come in here. And I don't know why you're in my house. But, Johnny? Yeah, Greg? Just please take Clifford the Inbred Dog away. Now let's be nice to Clifford the Big Inbred Dog. He only makes appearances during Thanksgiving, so we won't have to deal with him at least until next Thanksgiving. Man, I wish Burt Parks was singing Let Him In right now. Well, no, it wasn't singing. Let's remember, it was lip-syncing. Badly. Okay. 
But, oh, that's such a cute Westie. Oh. I'm sorry for getting all squeaky and stuff, but my sister had a Westie, and that was the cutest little dog ever. I love that the dog raised his paws up, the animatronic dog, like, ugh. Okay, now I'm waiting for the dog to just swoop down and eat burnt barks. <laughs> Whoa, God! Bro! <laughs> the machines are coming to life! Run for your life! Oh, we got the Oak Ridge Boys coming up next, and Doodlebug. Ooh, the talking whiz kid. And more Oshkosh Bagosh. I've never seen so many overalls. This guy from AT&T Bell Laboratories is explaining how, like, really great AT&T is. And Another hat! <laughs> Yes, and this is my Zoom background, by the way. Well, it was my Zoom background. We're wearing a cowboy hat going, Howdy, folks! Let me play it on a second. Rouge, we're back in business again. 52 degrees. It's a great morning for a break. Couldn't be better. They said it was going to rain, but ha! I'm the weather man I know. That's Here comes right. a whole gang of fun and a little bit of confusion, too. A little strawberry house surrounded by oh, farmers. It's, and it's the Oak Ridge Boys in this strawberry house. That's fantastic. Mike, do you have any response for what we're seeing right now on our screens? What are we even seeing on our screens? Is that what supposed is the... to be like Wind in the Willows or something? I don't know. Why is there bunnies there? This isn't... They're all the California raisins are here, too. Yeah, they were big in 87. What? What is Willard wearing now? <laughs> <laughs> This might be a game we'll play throughout the rest of the show. What is Willard wearing now? He's, He's wearing clown, clown nose. And the doodlebug is right behind him. Oh, the doodlebug. But you know what? They're not going to top what happened two years earlier with Felicia. Felicia riding the doodlebug? Oh, yeah, that was the best. Now it's just clown. Now it's clown. Next up is the Tate High Band from somewhere. Oh, Gonzales, Florida. Okay. And let's also remember, going back to Felicia Rasad, she had a pretty good Thanksgiving 1985, if you remember. Oh, yes. Indeed. So who do we have coming up next? I saw Cabbage Patch Kids, The Rags to Riches Kids, and Sweet Car Sweet Adelines. And Sweet Adelines. <laughs> Shut up, Chico. Sweet Caroline. I only say this. Because some of my friends are in the Sweet Adelines. Okay. Sweet Adelines. Oh. Shut up! No! Stop! This parade's going to end very soon if you continue that type of stuff. Oh, look, this old man is having a grand time working at McDonald's. Apparently this old man didn't have a retirement fund. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. More oh, talking with kids. Kid oh, wait, what does the Cabbage Patch Kid have for Willard? 5,000 people participating in the parade, not watching in it. The Cabbage Patch Kid's part of them, and they had their playground today. You got something for me? A little, oh, what happened? Yes. 
asking. Hey, the Cabbage Patch Kids are out the best of the business. We appreciate them so much in the new NBC series. That's my favorite network. And, of course, Coleco's favorite little fellows. So join us for fun and games. It's always a good time. And also, stay tuned. There's more to come. It's exciting. These girls play street smart offerings we got right here. All of them will sing and dance and act as well. They are part of the group. Kemiko Gelman, Bridget Michelle, Keisha Campbell, Blanca Degar, and Heidi Sigler. They're the best. Oh, what the hell is this Cabbage Patch Kids display? Oh, my. They got a pie out of the oven. And one of them's dressed again as a cowboy. My girl Tisha Campbell up in this. Oh, Tisha Campbell's there. Oh, that's terrific. And yeah. the other Rex Rush's kids are there, too. I didn't realize Cabbage Patch Kids were still a big thing in 1987. I thought their window was like 83 to 86. Oh, hold on a second. You notice that one of the Cabbage Patch kids is wearing a Minnesota Twins jersey because they would have won the 1987 World Series. But hold on. That that is also he's wearing like a Texas Rangers helmet for some reason too. I know Cuz he knew 36 years in the future a podcast would be covering this. And they're covering their bases by saying, hey, the Twins won the World Series in 87. The Rangers won the World Series in 2023. We're making everybody happy. But did anyone on the Texas Rangers was responsible for everyone in America getting a taco? No. <laughs> oh, hi, Woody Woodpecker. Oh, and there's huh? Howdy Duty. He looks big. Like, really big. Yo, Clara Bell, seltzer me! Wait, hold on. Willard Scott's wearing another hat for another Which band. It's another band? We need to make a photo montage of all the stupid hats Willard is wearing throughout this parade. Alright, so we got the Carlisle High School Band in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. Who's still to come? We got Ben Vereen, the Rockettes, and Emmanuel Lewis. So we have somebody with a show coming up in the new year and someone whose uh, show is going to end in the new year in 88. Oh, that's right, because Webster would be done after 88, right? Webster's mm -hmm. done in 88, but also Ben Vereen, he's going to start doing Zoobly Zoo in 88. And J.J. Starbuck. I thought that was 87. No, I'm pretty sure he came in mid-season. Okay, I, I thought you meant J.J. Starbuck, the show as a whole, not... Ben Vereen appearing on it, but you're absolutely right about that. Another charity appeal for the Ronald McDonald House. And oh, and look, Willow changed back to one of his old hats. Oh, good. Oh, there's Emmanuel Lewis. And he's riding a slug? or a, It's not a snail, because it doesn't have a shell. What is he riding? A teacup. A pot. That was a pot? Yeah, it's a, it's a one of those watering... It's a watering can. Was it the watering can the kid chased this, the goose around in that commercial earlier? Oh, hey, look, it's another band. East Carteret High School Band from Beaufort, North Carolina. I know where that is. Oh, next we got Barbie and the Rockers, Betty Boop, and Bobby Vinton. Is it just me, or is this certain parade... Like overly loaded with ads, we're getting ad breaks like every 
it seems like five minutes, three minutes. That seems like a lot of ads. I understand they're trying to push all the gifts for, you know, the kids and all that and, and, and obviously other family members, but it seems like there's an unusually large number of ads. Oh, the snuggle bear. You want me to play the snuggle bear ad? Why is that even a question? <laughs> I'm up to my ears in softness. <laughs> you can be too with me. Snuggle fabric softener. Snuggly softness that's really less expensive. With me, clothes feel so soft. Smell, mmm, cover fresh. And they're static free. Soft don't stick, clothes don't cling. For a wash that snuggly softness can be, try me. Snuggle fabric softener. Snuggly softness that's really less expensive. Oh, that's terrific. Wait, wait, go back, go back, go back. Okay, it's another Oshkosh Bagosh commercial, but wait. Freddy the Frog. Okay, the reason I uh, wanted to look at this commercial, don't care about the Oshkosh Bagosh, I was wondering if that's a Freddy the Frog puppet from New Zoo Review. Would have been like 13, 15 years too late at this point, but it was just something that caught my eye. Hey, speaking of frogs. Hello, Kermit the Frog here at the BC's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Oh, Jim Henson's here. Oh. Not a turkey. Anyway, this is this is all homework. Jimmy, what a thrill. Oh, it's very nice to be back with you again. After 30 years ago. When it and was he has Kermit with him. Great moments of my career when I, I believe the first time Kermit and I ever appeared together was on the Barn Party on Channel 4 many years ago. That's right. That's right. I understand Kermit. In Washington, D.C., yes. Anyway, anyway, we have Ed Finkel Macy's as a special award for Kermit and his years of service to this great in the country. Well, thanks, Willard. And just as Hollywood has the Oscar, we have the Rolly Award. And Jim, I'm proud to present this one to you and Kermit. Thank you for 11 years of great parades with us. All right, can I, can I, can I thank you? Uh, yes, uh, thank you. Uh, listen, it, it, to be immortalized in a, in a large balloon uh, about 75 feet tall and uh, filled with gas is one of the great thrills of my life. And I wish everybody out there could have this same exciting thrill and uh, it would be a wonderful parade if they did. And Willard would make a great balloon too, right? I'm ready, Jimmy. Thank you, Ed. That's our Rolly Award. Thank you so much. It's the best in the business. While we don't have your balloon ready for you, we're all set for a bigger than life, hopefully someday. We don't have your balloon ready, and you're already bigger than life, and your enthusiasm for the parade. For seven years, you've done a great job, rain or shine, in reporting to millions watching at home, and which is why we have this surprise Rolly Award for you, too. Thank you. Thank you. That's terrific. Thank you so much. We really appreciate the And I'm being with you guys. Why is the Kermit balloon so on the ground here? Well, I was going to mention, if you heard the music in the background, they were playing Rainbow Connection the entire time. That's right. They were. That Kermit balloon is, like, so on the ground. Like, barely off the ground. Oh, it's Barbie and the Rockers. How timely is this, guys? I'm rolling my eyes as far as I can in the back of my head. Because in case you don't know, I do not give a flying you-know-what about Barbie. You don't look like Margot Robbie. No, this person who's playing Barbie is a phony. A big, fat phony. 
Oh, we got Barbie. Oh, we got no, Bar not Barbie Vinton. Yes, that's who we have. We Hi, have Barbie Vinton. Hi, Barbie. Bobby Vinton on a plane. Oh, wait, it's sponsored by DWA. <laughs> that's not a good idea. That's going to be a really terrible choice when we look back in nine years. Oh, no. And I can't tell if that's Mac tonight or the moon. Oh, no. I'll tell you this. After watching SNL last week, that moon for sure does not look nice. And it does not look sexy like the moon on SNL last week. Look who's still to come, guys. Gloria Loring, the McDonald's All-American High School Band, and Patrick Swayze. So those moms, they got to get ready for Patrick Swayze. They got to get new, fresh batteries. Oh, they definitely have to get the new uh, seat I need an adult. Ooh, Diet Coke. Another isotoner ad. Another... Ooh, that's caffeine-free Diet Coke, though. Yes. And another WizKid ad. And oh, now it's time to get the batteries out. If you're a mother, you get the batteries out for Patrick Swayze. If you're Mike Francesa, you're getting batteries out because there's a horse. <laughs> oh, look, it's, uh, it's Gloria Loring, everybody. That guy does not look like Alan Thicke to me. <laughs> Boy, we don't want to talk about Alan Thicke, though. We had a revelation today that's kind of disturbing. Oh, yeah, we I don't want to talk about that. But given the other person that's involved, it makes sense why this person turned out the way she did. That's all I'm going to say. Do your own research, form your own opinions. Why is Ronald McDonald positioned like that? <laughs> that is a good question. We have upside down Ronald McDonald. Apparently, Ronald McDonald got some feelings for Patrick Swayze, too. <laughs> God damn it, Mike. Ronald McDonald is an American treasure. Oh, we saw Daffy Duck and Tweety for a second. Wait, wait, wait. Willow Scott's wearing another hat. He's wearing the, the hat for the with the McDonald's uh, arches there for the marching band. Yeah. Well, as we already mentioned, he was the OG Ronald McDonald. Oh, it's the McDonald's All-American High School Band, guys. And Ronald McDonald is leading the way. But we all know it's a fake Ronald McDonald because the real Ronald McDonald is hosting this. Yes. We got Ben Vereen and the boys. Oh, what's coming up on NBC on Sunday night? On an all-new Our House. I made the team. Jesse falls for David's coach. Another date? But will team pressure tear them apart? You quit the team. Sunday. It's an all-new Unsolved oh. Mysteries with host Robert Stack. You may be able to help solve the mystery. The real-life case of a Grand Canyon disappearance following Beverly Hills Bunts. Sunday. Following Beverly Hills Bunts! Whoa! Whoa! Hold on a second. <laughs> Wait, we get Dennis Franz? And we get Robert Stack. My TV can't handle this. We're not ready. <laughs> and, and guys, diabetes. But he wasn't in that ad, though. No, but you know what? Wilfred Brimley was in our house. So you get Wilfred Brimley, you get Robert Stack, and you get Dennis Perrins. What a trifecta. Three people who have definitely not been in your kitchen. Ooh, Fuji film. These kids don't know how to handle a fish. 
Wait, did that say Bonerville? For no, it said Bonneville. Bonneville. You don't know what the Pontiac Bonneville is? No. That was the must-have car of the late 80s. Hold on. Let me play the audio. Is Patrick Stewart doing the audio for this? Okay, I just like you called it the Bonerville. <laughs> oh, yeah, this Patrick Stewart's not doing exciting. the voiceover. Now we make it even more remember. affordable. He started doing them in, like, 89 or something. Pontiac Bonerville? Happy uh, Thanksgiving from Disney. Oh, look. Ronald Reagan's going to give us the annual Thanksgiving message. Hold on. Chico is President Reagan here to give us a message for Thanksgiving. Yes. Uh, yes, I, I am President Ronald Reagan. And my my sincere hope is that you will all have a plate full of jelly beans. Because I sure as heck will. Happy Thanksgiving, and God bless America. Well, thank you, President Reagan. And, oh, look, Ben Vereen is here. He's singing. His, oh, it, I think this is brought to you by Campbell's and the Boy Scouts, I think. The less said about that, the better. Look at how these Boy Scouts are marching right here. They're, like, doing, like, they're slide-stepping. This is fantastic. Don't you agree, Mike? I was in Boy Scouts around this time, and I never remember sidestepping. Oh, it's Betty Boop. And the happiest moon in all of New York. That moon is the equivalent of how the dads felt when they saw Deidre Hall earlier. Oh, we got oh no, the kids are hitting the animals again. Where's the kid with the watering can harassing that goose? Oh, hold on. Now, guys... Now, if you're listening to this on YouTube, I'll have to edit this out. But, Chica, we're at the big part of the parade that's coming up right here. So let's play it. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. The sun is out 55 degrees. What a great day for a Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade. This float that you're going to look at right now is a comic book spectacular come to life. It's the super city of the Marvel Universe, furnished, of course, by Marvel Entertainment Group.
again. Hulk. I have questions. In what universe is Hulk the bad guy? Was there a point in 1987 when Hulk turned heel in the comics? He, there was not a point where Hulk Hulk never turned heel. He was just a misunderstood creature. Not unlike Frankenstein's monster. But yeah, you have Captain America, Wolverine, Doctor Strange. Don't know how he got in there. Fighting something that looked like a cross between Sabretooth and a female variant of Loki. I also like how they included Daredevil and they have like an accurate model of the Sanctum Santorum right here for Doctor Strange. And also, for some reason, Robocop. Yeah, because remember, Marvel would have had the Robocop license for comic books and they would make the animated show like two years later. But I like how Hulk was just... Power Man just casually helped Hulk out, and he got body surfed the Hulk by Dr. Doom and the Green Goblin. Another hat, another band. This time it's the Dalton High School Band from Dalton, Georgia. Yes. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention about the uh, Marvel float. It's funny how they used the Back to the Future theme. Because you know who conducted that theme? Alan Silvestri, who would do the music 25 years later for the Avengers. I'm not saying it's a coincidence, but it sure is a fun damn coincidence. Jill Schultz, Superman, and Santa Claus still to come. But well, Santa Claus is right there, and he's drinking Sprite. Don't forget to get your isotoner gloves. Oh, it's Felicia. She had a great 1987, let me tell you. Number one show in all of television, and she got married, too. Hey, it's Pia Zadora on this float right here with all these, uh... Oh, I guess that's her daughter right there. On a train. It... What the... The Heidi Tidies Regimental Band of Virginia Tech. Okay, that's not what I was going... Now Willard has a sailor hat on. Just, no, Willard, you're looking so ridiculous. Hold on. Let me play it right here, because he's going to make his grand entrance. Here we go. Fast 
faster than a speeding bullet. You know who this guy is. And this is going to make you feel older, too. He is celebrating his 50th anniversary as a comic book hero as well. The longest balloon in the parade, 104 feet in length, 34 feet wide, mild-mannered Clark Kent. If he gets any wider, won't be mistaken for a bird or a plane anymore. He'll look like Willard Scott, the weatherman. Thank you, DC Comics, and thank you, Clark Kent. Swimming in air. I like how he's just casually, like, holding his arms like, hi. You know what? No wonder Superman's depressed, Chico. He's now 50 years old. He's now approaching middle age. I'd be depressed, too. Mike, we just saw the Superman balloon, and Willard just told us that he's turned 50 this year. And so I have another theory as to why Superman's so depressed again this year. He's now approaching middle age. I know you're stunned by this, Mike. Remind me never to take a bathroom break during the show again. <laughs> Look, Superman's just like raving his arms like, hi, hi, hi. Somebody forgot to inflate him. Well, you know, it's a good thing his hand isn't being carried by the parade staff again this year. Oh, daddy's a little girl. He's going to treat his daughter and her friends to McDonald's. How many ads for Deer Forms have we seen tonight? I think one less than the number of ads we've seen for Isotoner gloves. Oh my gosh, another hat. Hey, another Tyco ad too. I don't think the hat is supposed to go around your nose. No, Weller. <laughs> you should not put your hat around your nose like that. That is the Live Oak High School Band from Morgan Hill, California. Kind of digging that green getup they got. Oh, oh, there's Lana Reed in the clock tower. Yeah. And Deirdre Hall. Is anybody going to mention Deirdre Hall? Oh, I know the dads are have been waiting all the last two hours for Deirdre Hall to show up again. And just think, in a year, that woman's going to be married to Harry from Harry and the Hendersons. Not Wait. Deirdre Hall. Not, yeah, not Deirdre Hall. Oh, good. Talking about Elena Reed. Okay. Is Bruce Weiss singing? I think so, yes. Oh, Baby Shamu's coming up. Oh, what's coming up on Thanksgiving Comedy Weekend? NBC's Thanksgiving Comedy Weekend, Sunday, with all new episodes of Family Ties and My Two Dads. Then it's a special night for Night Court, when Dan gets a secret ailment. Who ordered the two dozen raw oysters? A special Sunday Night Court, followed by those men in shining polyester. Excuse me? It's Beverly Hills Bunce, a special night of comedy, Sunday. How terrific is that you get Family Ties, Night Court, and Beverly Hills Bunce on Sunday night? And you get Robert Stack right after that. What a perfect night. Mike is just stunned. I'm just getting over, you know, who ordered the 24 oysters. Had to be Dan Fielding. Of course. Oh, wait, hold on. Florence Henderson has an ad here. Every year about now, we all begin to feel we're losing the handle on the holidays. But there's so much to do and so little time to do it in. Thank goodness for Prangy. Prangy's is the complete department store with more to choose from. Salespeople right there to help you. So that whole business about finding just the right gift gets easier because it's all right there for you in one place. Giving a gift from Prangy's is, well, getting one's even better. At Prangy's. Oh, 100 years, so you know what that means, guys. 
it's no longer available. Well, they made it longer than freaking Gimbal's did. Yeah, it went defunct in 1992, succeeded by something called Yonkers. What the hell is... You know, forget it. Oh, no, Willard! No. God. Oh, here's the Rockettes again. That's what we came to see, folks. Oh, Michael Damien. He's on a lobster. Now Willard's wearing the stupid hat again over his nose. That's over his nose now. It's it's not right under his nostrils. The hats are getting smaller. Oh, baby Shamu. We bought you glasses. Your shots are getting better. We should have brought in some glasses years ago. Somebody should have thought of that. Everybody loves Pedwood. SeaWorld sent these to us. Good morning, sir. Hi, how you doing? What, what's the names again? These are Magellanic penguins called Pete and Penny. What's your name? Ned Nugabauer. I love SeaWorld. It's what a boy and what a girl? Well, you can't tell right now just by looking at these birds whether they're And they tell. That's all it counts, hopefully. <laughs> okay. And they come to the Straits of Magellan down south. That's correct. Hopefully. <laughs> And Willard tried to interview the penguin. The penguin is not going to talk, Willard. It's not going to talk. Oh, Judy Kay's with this penguin mascot right here for SeaWorld. And he's, the penguin's shaking his booty. There's a lot of penguins. I have yet to see the sweet Adelines. What else? It's baby Shamu. It's more than Shamu. It's baby Shamu. Yeah, you can tell it's baby Shamu. Doesn't have his teeth in. We have a lot of Peanuts guests coming up in the next part or coming soon. Jill Schultz and Peanuts and Snoopy. Oh, look, another Oshkosh Bagosh. Wait, 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 wait. Who is that? It's Jacko, dude. Who's Jacko? He looks familiar, but I don't remember him by Jacko, that name. Jacko, new editor, Oi! Oh, yeah, this is 1987. Australia's like, Oi, we need all Australian things, mate. I actually thought he was somebody else. He looked familiar. Oh, now Willard's got a Santa cap on. Kind of, sort of. I think it's just a radio cap, but it's got a little white ball in the back. But there's a big Woodstock on top. There's Jill and... Searle. He's ice skating with, with HGH Charlie Brown and Lucy. <laughs> Oh, I thought Linus is, like, covering his eyes, like, I don't want to see this. Oh, Lucy, give your brother back his blanket, you bee. Yeah, Lucy, don't make seven-foot-tall Charlie Brown mad. Oh, look at that cute Snoopy plushie. Oh, there's the Snoopy balloon. With Santa hat and ice skates on. Never banned. And another hat by Willard. Okay, we're almost near the end here. Hey, like oh, it's oh, the Star Wish commercial. Oh, God, this one got me all the time back oh, in the yeah. day. Oh, yeah. It's like, we're going to give Ronald McDonald a star for Christmas. And the star's going to die? Oh, this is incredibly dark for a McDonald's commercial. But oh, it's like, oh! You bastards just couldn't have spent the $50 and named a star after me? I blame Grimace. 
it's always Grimace's fault because he's a big fat purple monster. He doesn't know any better. Is he really a monster or is it just he doesn't know better? He doesn't know better. Oh, look, Mary Hart and John Tesh are on this uh, trolley. 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 And look, John Tesh has a video camera because those were big in 1987. Hey, in four years, he's going to make the greatest theme ever for NBC. I was waiting for a round ball rock reference. Oh, it's the Osmond boys. And we're not talking about Jimmy Osmond or Donnie. We're talking about the youngins. Youngins. But Mike. There's the snuggle bear. Oh. In the stocking. It's so fluffy! The George Rogers Clark High School Band out of Winchester, Kentucky. But ladies and gentlemen, here he is, guys. The man with the bag. The legend. The one. The only Santa Claus. Big Papa Crimbo is in the building! I think we can declare the holiday season of 1987 has officially started. That's right. Oh, man, that was terrific. So, Mike, let's just review the parade for everyone. Well, let's see. Willard Scott wore probably about two dozen different hats. We saw probably about just as many commercials for Isotoner gloves and Tyco slot cars and those deer foam slippers or whatever they are. And mom's got their enjoyment in the form of Patrick Swayze and dad's got their enjoyment in the form of Deidre Hall. So if you didn't see your parents at all during the 1987 Thanksgiving Day Parade, now you know why. By the way, you can still buy deer foams online. What? Well, do we have anything else we need to add? I guess I must have missed the sweet Adelines. Didn't we see them? Or maybe were they one of the bands? Or or with one of the bands? Well, it's neither here nor there. You know what, guys? I think we're going to do it. We're going to do this week in Match Game Hollywood Square's our history. It's time for this weekend match game. Hollywood Square. Our history. So the day this episode is being released is the 20th of November. So... Starting the 21st through the 25th of November is week four in Match Game Hollywood Square's history. Hey, we get our first Leonard Fry appearance. And again, it shouldn't be just Leonard Fry. From Mr. Smith, Leonard Fry. That's the reason why we did Mr. Smith in episode two. And obviously, a couple of months ago, we revisited Mr. Smith because... There's been a slew of episodes that have been posted online. And remember, Gene Plug Leonard and Mr. Smith at the 83 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. That week. Also on this week, we had Matt McCoy, Allison Arngrim, Tom Poston. No coma at this point for Tom. He's going to get the coma right before Christmas. 
Lois Bromfield, Rebecca Holden, Tim Reed, and Jim Brogan. And did anything special happen that week? Well, obviously, there was no episode on Thanksgiving Day because you had football. You had the Steelers playing the Lions. But nothing really of significant importance happened. We had Leonard Fry for the first week, but that's just about it. But, oh, Greg, he mentioned earlier to us, next week we have something pretty good coming up. But you'll get that next week. All right, now that we've got the parade out of the way and we've got this week in Match Game Hollywood Squares our history out of the way, I think we can formally close the book on the 1987 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yes, Mike Willard and his hats, they were certainly a thing on TV. But we're going to take a little trip back in time. We're going to go back. We're going to go not to 1988. That's forwards. We're going to go back to 1982. We want to see what happened. I almost want to say the pre-match game Hollywood Squares Hour era. Pre-Mr. era. The what? The pre-Mr. Smith era. Yeah, I mean, basically all the stuff that we were sort of introduced to in the 1983 Thanksgiving Day Parade. We're going to go back to 1982, and I haven't seen it, and I don't want Greg or Chico, if they've seen it, to spoil it. But I'm hoping that we're going to see, uh, you may see, like, Give Me a Break. You may see, what else was big in 82 on uh, NBC? Well, Cheers wasn't big. It was a new show, didn't have many viewers. This is like sort of a quasi-rebound year for NBC. They sort of got the stench from 79, 80, 81 out of themselves. And they're sort of transitioning to the future. So I guess we're all going to be a little surprised about what happened in 1982. Wow! Starlight Express! 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 Meanwhile... I think it's kind of uh, hot to be wearing these scarves in here. Well, the scarves are must. You can't go caroling without a scarf. Catch your death! Man, you were like one of those kids I remember in uh, high school that used to sell the most candy bars for the marching band. Yeah, and you'd be president of the swing choir, too. (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Joe Robinson. Thanks, Tom Servo. (laughs) What a kiss up this guy. Uh, Okay, now, if you'll all look at your sheet music, uh, we can rehearse my new song. You wrote a Christmas song? Hey, there's no tradition like a new tradition. (laughs) Wait a minute. Let's have a Patrick Swayze Christmas? Uh, Yeah, yeah. Based on my favorite movie, Roadhouse. Come on. What the heck does Patrick Swayze have to do with Christmas? Hey, you keep Christmas in your way and let me keep it in mine, okay? (sighs) Come on, sir. It seems like a nice enough sentiment. We can give it a shot. Come on. All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, 12-8 time. uh, Uh Key of A flat major. Uh, Cambot, shoot him the tune. Uh, Okay. You'll just have to stay with me, everybody. Okay? Uh, Your parts are written out. Let's have a Patrick Swayze Christmas. Bike Crow T Robot. <clears throat> Paul, let's have a Patrick Swayze, Swayze Christmas. Christmas. Right. <clears throat> Hit it, Cambot. Oh, oh, I start. I yeah. get it. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Okay, pick it up. Open up your heart and let the Patrick Swayze Christmas in. We'll gather at the roadhouse with our next of kin. And Santa can be our regular Saturday night thing. 
We'll decorate a bar stool and gather round and sing. Oh, let's have a Patrick Swayze Christmas this year. Or we'll tear your throat out and kick oh. you in the ear. Hold it, hold it a can, but stop it. Uh, Crow, I don't know if I think this is an appropriate sentiment anymore for Christmas. Hey, what, like a good action sequence don't belong at Christmas? Well, no, it's just that I've never heard of an action sequence in A Christmas Carol before. Yeah. Well, then grab hold of your socks and read on, Joe Robinson. Okay, okay. pick it up from Measure 20, Cam <clears throat> Lovely intro, though. Very tasteful. Thank you. I like that. It's my way or the highway this Christmas at my bar. I'll have to smash your kneecaps if you bastards touch my car. I got the word that Santa has been stealing from the till. I think that that right jolly old elf better make out his will. Oh, let's have a Patrick Swayze Christmas one and all. And this can be the haziest. This can be the laziest. This can be the swayziest Christmas of them all. How long before it becomes a standard? I think you got to come with me. Come on. The programs normally seen at this time will not be presented today so that we may bring you the following NBC special, the 56th annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Episode 430, submission 2455, the 1982 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. The 1982 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade aired on the NBC television network on Thanksgiving Day, November 25th, 1982. Well... We covered 1983, we covered 1984, we covered 1985, we covered 1986, and now we've covered 1987. So now it's finally time to find out what the heck happened in 1982. Are you so excited, guys? I want to see what's in store because I want to see what like the big toys were. Because in 1983 you had the Cabbage Patch Kids and... I think the Care Bears came along in like 84, 85. I don't remember what the big thing was in 1982 unless they somehow had like a living, talking version of the Atari 2600. I got it. According to Pink News, the big toys were Stompers trucks, G.I. Joe figures, a BMX bike, a glow worm, and the Commodore 64. Oh, so we're going to get a life-size Commodore 64 at the parade? Cool. We have not seen this. We are watching this cold. There's this little kid awkwardly waving to the crowd while this clown is making funny faces. Like, If you look at it, the clown's like, am I ready yet? Uh, 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 do I... Uh, uh, now? Now? Oh, uh, yeah. We had a revelation last episode that Chico hates clowns. I totally get it now. 
Let's have a parade, everybody. It was creepy. Oh, the 56th annual Thanksgiving Day Parade with your host, Brian Gumbel and Sarah Purcell. And who else do we got? These people are marching. Oh, Sammy Davis Jr., Andy Gibb, Oak Ridge Boys, Betty Thomas, Ed Moreno, the Fame Dancers, Paul Williams, Milton Burrell, Laura Brannigan, Keith Carradine, Ricky Schroeder, Denise Williams, Benji, Dream Girls, Foxfire, just in the amazing that called Dream Coat, Waylon Flowers and Adam. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Mike just marked out. And the Rockets. The Rockets. <laughs> Don't just pause because I'm marking out. The New York City Opera. Shelly Bruce, Peter Nero, show of hands. Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah, Nickelodeon. I guess it's Pinwheel that's at the parade. Dean Butler, Joffrey Ballet, the National Dance Institute, Big Apple Circus, Muppets, Feeny Yovers, Sesame Street. And is that it? I'm getting dizzy here. Oh, Santa Claus, of course. And this parade's brought to you by McDonald's. And Amna. Amana. Oh, okay. That's how you pronounce it? Okay. And Ideal Toys. Fine toy making since 1903. Okay, so now let's go to Bryant. With the proud end flagged microphone. Well, good morning and happy Thanksgiving. We hope this holiday finds you and yours in the best of spirits. Very special kind of day, a day when we gather around friends and family, take thanks for the year gone by, and maybe even gather strength for the one ahead. This is a special holiday on its own, but it also ushers in the Christmas season, and we are awful glad you could join us this morning. Let's see, the turkey takes about, what, 25 minutes per pound? So you've got some time to spend. Sit back and relax. I can't tell you how happy I am to be here at Herald Square because, as you have already heard, this year's Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade has one of the greatest entertainment lineups ever. I could read you off the names again, but you heard them all. Debbie Allen, Andy Gibb, Milton Burrow, Sammy Davis Jr. That's just for the big kids, for the younger kids. Spider-Man, the Shirt Tales, Woody Woodpecker, the Flintstones. Am I leaving off a lot? Yes, I am. We started things off with a performance by Ohio's famed Centerville High School marching band and co-eds. And over the next three hours, we're going to fill up the time. NBC will bring you every exciting moment of this parade. In fact, I'll let you in on a secret. This is the only place where you can actually see it all. So stay right where you are. Get ready for a wonderful morning. Now, so you can have a complete look at the parade because I did promise you can see it all. I should tell you that I am at 34th and 35th bounded. I'm sitting right here at Herald Square on Broadway. This is where the parade will finish. But we also have a camera unit positioned uptown at the very point where it begins. And so it gives me great pleasure now to tell you that this morning joining me, Sarah Purcell, who, of course, you all know and love as co-hostess of NBC's enormously successful Real People series. And uh, good morning, Sarah. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you and to everybody at home, Bryant. Did hey. you say tame? <laughs> well, the first thing I saw after I got my eyes open this morning was a giant bull moose in a bathing suit. Yeah, I know, I know how that works, but I know also that you've been traveling all over the world with real people. Is it true that in a single day you worked in the northernmost state, Alaska, and also made your way to Hawaii by the time the day ended? Is that a true story? That is an absolute true story. We saw the sign saying also that it was the southernmost point in the United States. Yeah, you ought to, you ought to feel right at home then. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Hey, how are things going? Are they right on schedule? They are right on the button, Brian. These Macy's people really do an amazing job putting this whole thing together. You look at it up here, and it's like a whole fantasy army about to invade the middle of Manhattan. Look at this. And look, you see the turkey and the uh, the two pilgrim-looking people there. And, oh, it's Bullwinkle. Oh, it's Sammy Davis Jr. What's up, man? Oh, Sammy Davis Jr. is going to be performing a very special ditty. I won't spoil what he's going to be singing. I'm going to play it when we get to it. But let me just say, it's going to be amazing when uh, Sammy Davis Jr. is on the Big Apple float. But hey ho, it's me, Kermit D. Ferg here. Oh, look, there's Big Bird. Big Bird's on this big float. First break already, we've got the Big Apple Circus coming up, and Olive Oil and Hill Street Blues. Maybe we'll get like a five years early preview of Beverly Hills Bunce. Oh, I can only hope. And also, it should be noted that we're not going to cover the commercials because... We noticed the last episode was a very long episode because we talked about the commercials. So you're going to get like the play-by-play of the parade and that's it. I didn't know how long it takes to make an olive oil balloon, but there you go. It's actually making its premiere here in 1982. Uh, There's shirt tails or a shirt tail. And we have a... Uh, see who Sarah's interviewing here, so let me uh, unpause it. It's Kelly Green, and they're all getting ready to go, and I'm sitting next to Ricky Schroeder here, and I'm sure this is a pretty exciting day for him. You get to ride on a float today, huh? Yeah, I get to ride on, all right? It's, a, it's the princess float. Can you tell me when you, the first time was that you saw the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? Well, the first time I remember, I was probably about four years old. I was about four, at Thanksgiving time. Uh-huh. And do you see anything today that looks familiar to you from that time? Oh, yeah. All the, all the girls. Uh-huh. All the girls dancing. I think that's what is impressing Ricky a great deal today. Well, you look adorable, Ricky, and I hope you have a good time on the float. And happy Thanksgiving to you. You All right. Yeah, because remember, Silver Spoons would have been, what, its first season at this point? Yes, 1982. Oh, balloons, Andy Gibb and the Rockettes still to come. Hold on a second. We got a good one. We got Bryant with the shirt tails. It's Pammy from the shirt tails. Yeah, this is going to be good. And I swear to God to you guys, you're going to think that you are on something. One of the great things about covering the uh, Macy's, just a minute, one of them, just a minute. One of the great things about covering the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade live for three hours because you get to see live television at its best. That's why when Sarah's mic goes dead, we come up here and we try to talk to Pammy, who wanted to talk before, but you weren't allowed to talk before. Now I can ask you what I wanted to ask you before. What's with all the balloons? Hello, Mr. Bumble. The balloons are for a special surprise later. Oh, I see a surprise. By the way, have you seen Bogey? (laughs) Bogey's your orangutan. Yeah, he was helping us blow up balloons and just seemed to disappear. He disappeared? Hey, up here, sweetheart. Hey, up here, sweethearts. Boy, have I got a bird's eye view of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Bogey, get down here. We have to get 
that's easier said than done, sweetheart. Whoa! Can we describe what's going on? It's Mr. Smith one year early. No, <laughs> seriously. It's an orangutan who apparently has a Humphrey Bogart type of voice, and he's floating over the New York City skyline with a whole handful of balloons. Now I wonder if the powers at NBC saw this and said, hey, we can get an orangutan and give him a voice, and he can have an IQ of like 256, and he can be like the smartest person in Washington, D.C. Pilot that right now and get me Leonard Fry. <laughs> He's just coming off Best of the West. He can do it. Did you ever try driving balloons? Holiday greetings, ma'am. By the by, uh, do you know the way back to Macy's department store? Thanks, sweetheart. And here- I should note he asked the Statue of Liberty where the parade was, and the Statue of Liberty was like, it's right over there. I take it back. That's not Mr. Smith. That's Bobo, clearly. <laughs> Here's looking at you, too, kid. Thank goodness you're back, Did You know, you little furballs had better be getting on your float, I think. Right, kiddo. Here, hold these. Thank you, Bogey. I'll be glad to. Thanks, Mr. Gumble. Well, thank you, too. And there go the shirt tails. By the way, the shirt tail characters, as well as the animated film, were furnished by, supposed to float, by Hallmark cards. Sarah? Back to- the balloons went into business for themselves. <laughs> I gotta figure out what year the uh, shirt tails cartoon premiered. Meanwhile, we have the Beaverton High School band out of Beaverton, Oregon. Oh, we got two members of the Hill Street Blues cast singing. But sadly, it's not um, Dennis Franz. I really wanted to hear Dennis Franz sing, guys. The answer to your question about the Shirt Tales cartoon, it did start in 1982. All right. They didn't say who that was, but it looks like Bruce White's, if you ask me. Band Strawberry Shortcake and the cast of Dream Girls still to come. And I should add, since uh, we heard uh, Bogey the Orangutan on the cartoon. Do you know who voiced Bogey the Orangutan? I know this because I was a big fan back in the day. It was Fred Travelina. There you go. Oh, well, hold on a second. This is not going to be the last time we talk about Fred Travelina at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Wait about two years. Trust me. You'll figure that out. Okay, let's go to Sarah right here. Sometimes these days it seems that everyone is living in a world of dog-eat-dog competition. Everyone trying to prove they're better than the next person. Even in the fantasy world of Strawberry Land, where Strawberry Shortcake and her friends live. Such problems do exist there. Only their things seem to have gotten all turned around. Just listen to these two arch villains, Purple Pyman and Sour Grapes, as they sing a song from Strawberry's recent NBC special. The peculiar purple partners of Porcupine Pete. Yeah, the ta 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 Oh, I'm much lower than you are. 
have hold on. Mike yes, first off, kid. That is the correct reaction. First off, Mike, I can see your reaction. You're like looking at the side like, what in the god's name is this? But let's <laughs> just talk about how in eighteen fifty-eight in the video. We see this kid who's crying. <laughs> like, oh dear God, let this end, please. <laughs> Even the kid wanted this stupid song end. He was all tapped out. Oh my gosh. Oh, I want to hear Brian's reaction to this. Strawberry shortcake. I never knew being such a bad guy could be so much fun sometimes. You know, we try to uh, believe that there are some things better than a circus, but every time we go out and try to find something, we wind up coming back to the big top. There's nothing else that manages to quite match it. And uh, over in Europe, they have what they call a one-ring circus. They put it all in a chapiteau. And we have the Big Apple Circus here at Lincoln Center. It puts together the best of New York and the best of the circus. Right now, it's at Lincoln Center. And exactly right now, they're at Herald Square. And we're going to see a moment from their show. Ladies and gentlemen, the ringmaster of the Big Apple Circus, Paul Binder. Oh, the Big Apple Circus, everybody. We got clowns and juggling and the whole works. This guy's juggling some bowling and a rubber chicken. He's juggling bowling pins and a rubber chicken, guys. And that clown, oh, that clown, he didn't catch the rubber chicken in the pot. That's a terrible job, clown. I think that was the clown from the opening that we saw. Oh, okay. Oh, they're juggling bowling pins in a hat. That's fantastic. Wait five years. Willard Scott's going to wear that hat. Oh, jeez. Hold on, guys. We got a special guest who wants to show up. Uh, hey, stupid. Brian Gumble, It's me, John Wayne. Happy Thanksgiving, pilgrims. Oh, who's Brian introducing here? He looks like oh. Dream Girls. Oh, Dream Girls. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, because the Broadway play would have just started this time, right? And, of course, as we all know, in the future... Dreamgirls would be a successful movie with Jennifer Hudson and Eddie Murphy. And Beyonce. Let's not forget Queen Bay. I forgot Beyonce was in Dreamgirls. Oh, God. Well, let's be fair here. When was Dreamgirls? Like 2007-ish? That was like 2006, 2007. 2006. What the hell is this? It looks like a dragon. And a gecko. That's horrifying. Yeah, that's a dragon. Olive oil. I'm like, where's Popeye? We have olive oil, but no Popeye. Got a marching band from Clinton, Tennessee here. Yeah, that would be the Clinton High School Dragon Band. Okay. Which explains the dragon. All right. Oh, let's see who uh, Brian is with here. Looks like Debbie Allen and some guy. We welcome you back to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Happy Thanksgiving. You know the people that have joined me on both sides of this. The streets of New York have been the setting for a lot of excitement over the years. This morning it's going to happen again later on. Cast members of the sensational. Is that a good enough adjective? Sensational. Hot. Outstanding. Hot. Hot. 
exciting, yeah. Emmy winning, Emmy award winning, thrilling, numero uno, numero uno, keep going, fantastic, well known, <laughs> internationally famous fame, honey, going our way to Europe and to London where they love us too, and we want all you people out there to watch us tonight, we're going to be on TV twice today, honey, we're going to dance for y'all, give you a little dance, a little song, just lay back, relax. We are joined here, as you know, by Lydia and Leroy. Lydia is Debbie Allen, who we talked to a little bit earlier, who, as you can tell, is a shrinking violet. And Leroy is uh, is Gene Anthony Ray, who gained his fame in the movie, and everybody knows you, and you swung right into the role. Right. It's easy for you. Why? Is, is Leroy Gene? They couldn't know. A little bit of Leroy Gene. Most of it Leroy is Gene. They couldn't find nobody else for the part. I mean, hey like him who else dances like he catches fire certainly not the person you're sitting next okay i had to pause it here because at some point in the video like whatever is going on with the vcr it pops up video calibration so somebody's vcr was being very funky but anyway yeah that's debbie allen and gene anthony ray sadly no longer with us we get this big time-lapse montage of all the floats at the parade. I'm guessing this was probably taken at the 81 parade. There's Bullwinkle. There's a dragon. And... Oh, guys! Look, everyone, it's Superman! Oh, Superman looks so happy. Man, guys, I don't think Superman knows what's going to happen next year. Don't tell him! Do not tell him. Mike, are you going to tell him what's going to happen next year? I'm afraid uh, of telling the cast of fame what's going to happen to them next year. Don't tell them either. Speaking of the cast of fame. Yeah, there they are dancing. And everybody in 1982 is just loving it. Because everybody's got fame fever in 1982. You know what the price of fame is, right? What's the price of fame, Chico? Sweat. Oh, yeah. Sweat. Don't worry about it. And I guess I was showing my age earlier. I called that group thrilling. As Gene Anthony Ray said, they're hot. We'll come back. Lots more to come after this. From Broadway's Foxfire, Keith Carradine sings, Bullwinkle dons his bathing suit, and the Oak Ridge Boys say hello to Santa. So stay tuned. Ooh, the Oak Ridge Boys are going to say hello to Santa, guys. Are we back to the open? No, this is uh, hour two. Yeah, we're in the second hour. Okay, just they're showing all the names, and, and there's the Centerville High School band, which led off the parade. I don't want to say I'm confused, but I'm a little confused. Oh, we got those two pilgrims. What's the sign here? Macy's presents GMC trucks, official vehicles, Suburbans, and S15. Oh, I'm glad we have an official vehicle of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And there, there's a bunch of people and a guy on stilts for some reason. I couldn't imagine walking a parade route wearing stilts the entire time. Keep Carradine's on the uh, turkey there. Singing. And playing a guitar. Yeah, playing a guitar. Oh, still to come. Sesame Street, Sammy Davis Jr., Denise Williams. 
Oh, look, guys. It's Spider-Man and his amazing friends. Yes, from previous entry, Spider-Man and his amazing friends. There's Iceman and Firestar there with him. And look, it's the cast of Sesame Street singing at the parade. There's the Count. There's uh, Barkley. There's Grover. There's Oscar the Grouch. There's Big Bird. The whole cast is there. Oh, yeah, the whole cast is there. I should note that this is one of the final appearances, if not the final appearance, of Will Lee as Mr. Hooper because he passed away no less than two weeks after the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in 1982. Let's see Cookie Monster, though. No. I, was Cookie Monster that big on Sesame Street in 82? I'm saying yes, because I know we had... This is really going to date myself. We had an 8-track at home of Sesame Street songs. So again, that really dates not just the time, but what age I was in 1977, 78. And on the 8-track, it was Cookie Monster. I also remember a very old Cookie Monster film that they would redo over and over. Actually, it was Kermit and a kid singing the alphabet song. It was like, A, B, C, D, E, F, Cookie Monster. Yes! Oh, I remember that, too. Yes! That used to kill me as a kid. I thought that was hilarious. I know, right? Hey, what the hell is up with this bear here at 49.35? This bald-headed-ass bear with his big-ass ears. A lot of bees. Are we not going to mention the bees? Not the bees! Ah! Oh, they're in my eyes! My eyes! Ah! Oh, yeah, the Oak Ridge Boys. They sure get around at the Thanksgiving Day Parade, huh? Because we just saw them in the 87 Parade. Oh, we got another happy Thanksgiving. Thanks a lot. I believe this is Chico Denise Williams singing right here. Yes, the song she's singing, according to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade fandom page, is called I Believe in Miracles. Time out. There's a fandom page for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, and we're only finding out about this just now. I'm surprised you guys didn't know about this. Well, I'm not in tune to what's going on at fandom than you, so... Oh, uh, hold on. We have a band here, and I know this because they got their uh, little uh, sign yep. out. Their the, band. Chrys- the Chrysler High School Trojan Marching Band out of Newcastle, Indiana. Now, you see, I thought your takeaway wasn't going to be about the fandom. I thought it was going to be about the song I Believe in Miracles. I was a- expecting you to say, I didn't know that song, I Believe in Miracles, was <laughs> was from 1982. Wait, was she actually singing I Believe in Miracles? You sexy- you mean the You Sexy Thing song? No, yeah. she wasn't. Yeah. I don't think saying anything about You Sexy Thing is appropriate at a Thanksgiving Day commercial. Oh, look. We got Stadler and Wardorf in like a... I don't know what car they're driving. It's, but it's that- the antique car. Okay, but that monster guy from the Muppets is like running out. You remember... Hickums. 
Stickums, that's his name. Yeah, yeah Snookums. Snookums. Oh, uh, Snookums. And, and there's uh, who is that? That's the taxi driver. What the heck is his name? He looks familiar. I don't remember his name. Beauregard. Yes, that's Beauregard. Oh, by the way, the two people from uh, earlier who were singing from Hill Street Blues, Betty Thomas and Ed Marinero. Oh, good. Ed Marinero from, uh, I think he was on Blue Mountain State, wasn't he? Wasn't he the coach on Blue Mountain State? I think he was with uh, Alan Richardson. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was. Hi, Kermit the Frog here. Oh, still to come, Paul Williams and Andy Gibb. Yeah, you see, they've got all these Muppets, and they don't have the best Muppet there. Don't tell me I'm the only person who loves Lou Zealand. Wait, Lou Zealand? You don't know who Lou Zealand is? I know who who Lou Zealand is. He is the boomerang fish? Yes. He's the one that uh, throws the fish like a boomerang? Oh, yeah. yeah, I I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I I love Lou Zealand. Oh. Shelly Bruce is on the uh, the, the doodlebug. The doodlebug. Okay, it's Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man, and dear God, they're drawn horribly. What's going on with Miss Pac-Man's eyes? Same thing that's going on with Pac-Man's eyes, apparently. You don't look like Marty Ingalls to me. Give him a few years, Namco will properly. Either Namco or Hanna-Barbera will properly draw Pac-Man in all three dimensions. Oh no, there's no in a few years. The Pac-Man cartoon was around in 1982. And actually, and I'm not putting this on the list officially, I just saw somewhere about the 1982 Pac-Man, I don't know if it's an episode or if it's Christmas special, but there is a Pac-Man Christmas episode or special. Christmas comes to Pac-Land. Yeah, I've seen it before. Just throwing it out there. Okay. Guys, this band right here. <laughs> Who's going to say it? I'll okay. say it because I'm the immature one. So this is the... Oh my gosh. I feel bad for whoever named this. If this is the name of the school or, or the name of a person, it's the Kickapoo. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm I, I'm the one who's falling on the sword right now. It's the Kickapoo High School Band from Springfield, Missouri. And yes, I am looking up right now. The I, I've already High looked School. it up. Oh, I've... no. What's the results? The Kickapoo people are a uh, federally recognized tribe in the Kansas, Missouri area. Oh, geez. Now I look like an asshole. Apologies to anybody I offended by making fun of the, the Kickapoo tribe. Well... Let's be honest, Mike. I live in Long Island by a tribe called Shinnecock. All I got is the Lumbee tribe, and they live in uh, just south of here. Well, hey, you can claim Tatanka as one of your heroes, because he's from the Lumbee tribe. So apologies to anybody associated with the Kickapoo tribe or the Shinnecock tribe or, or any other tribe that has a very weird sounding name. Oh, it's Barney. Hey, Fred, look at me. I'm on TV. <laughs> and there's Fred. 
Yeah, Bond, I can see you right beside me, idiot. What the hell am I seeing right here? Heidi. Oh, Heidi. Oh, oh. no. Uh, this is the Heidi song float, it looks like. 55 years ago this week, a perfectly good game of football was ruined by NBC's broadcast of Heidi. And 55 years later, we wish that it would interrupt the Jets Raiders <laughs> game on NBC. Now, time out, guys. Before the show, I shared with you guys a tweet that I found after the Jets Raiders game last week. Do you want to read the tweet I sent? I don't want to read any tweets anymore. Chico, just, I know after what's happened with Twitter in the last week, it's deservingly going to hell, but before it goes to hell, we have to share this one tweet with the world. Robert Sala looks like the kind of guy who walks into a gay bar and says, whoa, this is an Applebee's, but then hangs out for two hours. And it's true. Robert Sala's the type of stupid idiot that would do that. Because he's the dumbest human being who's ever lived. By the way, Heidi's Song is a 1982 film animated by Hanna-Barbera Productions and released by Paramount. Oh, terrific. Hey, can I bring it back to Kickapoo High School for one second? Sure. You're not going to believe who's an alumnus of Kickapoo High School. Who's that? Brad Pitt. Oh, that's terrific. Okay, still to come. Benji, Mickey Mouse, and a show of hands. Oh my god! It's Benji, guys! Benji, Mike! Please, that's just dollar store. Here's Boomer. <laughs> and we see this crappy ass Mickey Mouse because remember, this is pre Eisner buying Disney. So this is probably like the same ass Mickey Mouse balloon they've had since like the 60s. They need to clean that mess up. And on the riverboat float from York Peppermint Patty, a show of hands. Oh, show of hands, everybody. Are they doing sign language? Yeah, that's their thing. That's why it's a show of hands. They're signing. Oh, I get it. How nice. Hey, look, McDonald's. They have the, uh, I guess this is the high school American band. Oh, they're Snoopy. And I think he sort of falls in the Mickey Mouse category where... He hasn't been updated since probably the 60s. Yeah. Definitely does not look like a later 80s or 1990s Snoopy. Then we have Strawberry Shortcake. They're performing Kid's Best Friend. And now look at that. We had the crying kid earlier. Now this kid right here. The thoroughly uninterested kid. She does not give a flying... F about this. Is it not interested or just utterly confused? How about both? No, wait. How can a little girl in 1982 not be interested in Strawberry Shortcake? My sister was all over Strawberry Shortcake 
1982. She would have been all three years old, so she would have eaten the heck out of that. All right. Now we have the Wilkes Central Marching Band. They're from Wilkesboro, North Carolina. How far is that from the Speedway? Hmm. A few blocks, I think. Let me look it up. Okay, while well, you're doing that, still to come, Paul Williams, Sammy Davis Jr., and Superman. Oh, there's Paul Williams on the lobster thing, singing. I guess he's looking up to olive oil, I guess. Well, let's be realistic. He looks up to everybody. Yeah. Does he short? Yeah, I get it. Maybe some of our listeners don't know who Paul Williams is. Okay, Chico, did you get that information about the uh, how far it is from the Speedway? According to Google, it is 15 minutes on 421. Okay. Don't bury the lead. One away from 420. No, that's the name of the road. US 421. I get it, but one away from 420. Blaze it. Thank you. Oh, look, it's Felix the Cat. Was he really relevant in 1982? It's Felix the Cat. He will never not be relevant. He's only relevant nowadays in the form of those clocks where the eyes go back and forth. Exactly. But that's the only thing he's relevant for in 2023. What are these girls tap dancing on? On the sign for, you remember it said Clinton, Tennessee? Oh. Those are the letters from the the sign that they held up. Okay. Still to come, Cinderella, Nickelodeon, and the Magic Flute. Now, I really wonder if Nickelodeon is going to be pinwheel because was that really a big thing in 1982? Yeah, it was. No, but the thing is, it didn't have that good of a coverage in 1982. I get that it aired like eight hours a day, but... You know, I'm sure it wasn't, like, massively popular. Oh, Andy Gibb. What is Andy Gibb singing, Chico? He is singing Any Dream Can Do from Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Oh, that's fantastic. He's on the pirate ship. Oh, the pirate ship. Arr, Andy Gibb is on the pirate ship. Oh, Big Apple Circus Guys with Bryant. Next is the Fort Walton Beach Viking Band from Fort Walton Beach, Florida. The pride of the Miracle Strip. Time out. It's, I thought you said the Fort Walton Beach Viking Band. I'm like, what? The Fort Walton Beach Viking Band. I was afraid Greg was going to question what the pride of the Miracle Strip means. I like the Walton Viking band better. Oh, hold on a second. We have bored people. Now we got this bored-ass family looking at one of the windows like, I've seen better. The kid on the left is very judgmental. The one who has his fist on his chin? Yeah, like this. Okay, we've seen Crying Kid. Thoroughly uninterested kid, and now we're seeing judgmental kid. <laughs> give me more shirt tails. No, give me more Smurfs, son. 
Yeah, oh, the Smurfs were huge in 1982. Yeah. Oh, that's forgot true. about that. Would they have just started in 82? 81, I believe. Okay. But they would have been huge in 82. Guess who's on the Big Apple, y'all? Oh, it's Sammy Davis. Now, hold on a second. Now, this will probably get it edited out of the YouTube version. But you know what? This is so awesome. We have to play it. All and has been doing it for a number of years. Sammy Davis Jr., a sample of his magic noun, a song that was a hit, about to serve up Little Candy, the candy man. Almost makes you forget that that float is sponsored by the Daily News, those bastards. Is there anything more classic than Sammy Davis Jr. singing The Candyman? Sammy Davis Jr. singing The Candyman on the Big Apple. But guys, guess who's back? Hey everybody, it's me, Superman! I'm so happy to be here. Oh man. I don't think I'll ever stop being happy ever at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Hey, everybody. 1983 is going to be my year. Nobody tell him. (laughs) And nobody tell him that in four years he's going to lose an arm. Oh, Mike. It's Waylon Frowers and Madam. I just want to break into song and sing the Madam's Place theme right now. Go Who's ahead. stopping you? Go <laughs> ahead, Mike. Do it. If I had the lyrics with me, I would. <laughs> and here at Madam's Place, I forget the rest of it. Who cares? You don't want to hear me sing. Go back to what was it? It was like episode like 360 or something. 
I'm on the case. I'll find it because I brought up that stupid TV show. Uh, well, guys, it's Jake with the guys from Pinwheel. Oh, it really is the pinwheel stuff. Wow. On the circus wagon. And is that Fred Newman? I think so. I didn't realize like how big pinwheel was, because that was like before my time. Well, like I said, Nickelodeon I didn't think had that great a coverage. Wait, hold on a second. Is that the girl from You Can't Do That on Television? Yeah, that's Christine Moose McGlade. And I'm sorry, maybe it's just me, but the character in green, he looks like Leonard Fry if he ate too much broccoli. Oh, look at Bro. Oh, dude, hold on a second. Time out. Spoiler without context. Image of Leonard Fry, image of broccoli. <laughs> You're welcome. There's, there's your Wednesday. By the way, Jake played by George James, Fred Newman, who was hosting something, and of course, Christine McGlade. And Mr. Green and the Green Puppet we're talking about is Ebenezer T. Squint. What? That's also, I'm sorry. Also known as Leonard Fry after eating too much broccoli. I'm sorry. I really. I'm going. I go. Oh wait, who's coming out of the bill of a? Clock? Oh, you don't want. You don't want to know, guys. You don't want to know who's coming out of that. You don't want to know. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's Milton Berle in drag, y'all. Really? Are the kids in 1982 going to get that? Sure. All the kids in 1982, they love Milton Berle. Right. <laughs> Ricky Schroeder's on the float. What the hell? What the hell am I watching? Is, hold on. Is Milton Berle supposed to be Cinderella? Yes. This is the Cinderella float. Oh, my God. And also, if you're looking for the Madam's Place episode in the archives, I said 360. I was off by six. 354. What the hell am I fucking at, guys? I wonder if this is the end result or the 1982 results of Milton Berle's 50-year contract with NBC. Well, he did have like a lot. I don't know if it's a lifetime contract, but a 50 year contract. And I don't remember him on NBC all that often, basically in my lifetime. So I'm wondering if that's some sort of NBC commitment for him to get paid. Yeah, we got the Hanover High School band of Hanover, Pennsylvania. Turtle, turtle, turtle. Okay, what is this, Chico? I don't know. Um,. <laughs> That's a good question. Jeez. Uh, oh, this is the New York City Opera. Oh, the New York City Opera. Okay, that makes sense. What the hell is that? What the hell is that? They're performing a number from the Magic Flute, I believe. Oh, okay. Oh, that explains it. Okay, that makes sense. What is that? The three wise men? It looks more like the four wise men next to that float. Hey, Chico, cover your eyes for a moment. There's clowns. But there's no need to fear. Underdog is here. He would have been in reruns around 1982. Yeah. This, like, little baby is like, whatever. 
We're getting the gamut of emotions from all the kids. Disinterested, scared, apathetic. What the hell are these three mice-looking things? I think they're characters from Lemmings, to be honest. I know Lemmings didn't come out to like, 91. Oh, and speaking of that, guys, look what I picked up from the store today for the SNES. Uh, Lemmings from Sunsoft. Wait, hold on. What is Underdog doing right here? He's going either... Is he looking at that baby who looked at him funny? You I don't think... want to make Underdog mad. You don't want to make Underdog mad. You're not going to like Underdog when he's mad. You saw what I did to Simon Bar Sinister. I'll do that to you, you little punk. You know, Mike, I appreciate that you Underdog doing a wrestling promo to a little kid. Well, no, Simon Bar Sinister was his enemy on Underdog. I know that. I, I just cut a promo and I didn't know it. Yes. Oh, the shirt tails float. Finally. Let's get back to the crying kid. Oh, look, it's little Tina Yovers, everybody. Because remember, this is the first year of Family Ties. By the way, they're all singing, What does it mean to be so small? Because the shirt tails are small. The Morris Brown College Band out of Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, they're bringing the funk. They're getting all the people that have been like so dissatisfied with the parade. They're making them get up. They're getting excited. I bet you everybody's now excited now. This is a drum line done proper. Oh, that's right. This is like 20 years before Nick Cannon would do it in a drum line movie. He'd do a, something else with a drum line, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I need an adult. I need an adult. Oh, the Rockettes. We're almost there, everybody. We're almost to the end, folks. We got another, what, 28 minutes. Oh, it's Richie Rich and Casper. And I gotta be quite honest. That design... Looks absolutely awful. I have to wonder if Richie Rich died as a result of his massive wealth and ended up being Casper. Well, apparently not, because they're next to each other. So, unless it's like some kind of Doctor Who thing where he meets like his future selves. Okay, I'll just get it off my chest. I hate Richie Rich. Well, Mike, you're going to hate Richie Rich even more when we talk about future injury, the Richie Rich Netflix series. Oh, God! <laughs> I watched that piece of crap, and I'm like, what the fuck did I just watch? Let's be honest, the only good thing that came out of that was Jenna Ortega, and that was it. And next up on The Rocking Horse, we have uh... Laura Branigan singing Gloria. Which was the big song in 1982. And about 37 years later, the St. Louis Blues used that song to win a Stanley Cup. And if I'm not mistaken, Mike, I believe there's an episode of Mobituaries with Mo Rocca about Laura Branigan. I think you're right. It wasn't an episode from this season, naturally. I don't know if it was last season or the season before. 
I believe it might be season one or season two, but it's a very good episode. Every episode of Mobituaries is a good episode. Joffrey Ballet and Woody Woodpecker coming up. Oh, we got some horses. Horse. 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 Everywhere a horse, horse. Okay, there's a red-brownish tint to the uh, camera. What What am I seeing here? Oh, the Joffrey Ballet. Oh, it's the Joffrey Ballet. Okay. That explains it, because they're doing all ballet stuff. Oh, that sucks, because all the kids who are excited by like the marching band from Georgia and the Rockettes, now they're back to being bored again. Well, here's another marching band. To answer your question, Greg, the Laura Branigan episode was season two. Okay. Season one actually covered Sammy Davis Jr. since we just saw him a couple minutes ago. Oh, that's great. Oh, the United States Military Academy at West Point. Salute to the troops. Be all that you can be in the army. All right, who's singing on this float now? The United States Coast Guard Academy Chorale singing Sleigh Ride. Really? Yes, really. Okay. And there's uh, Woody Woodpecker. He's like crowd surfing onto, the, onto all the people on the street. There's a lot of people. If you look and you pause the video here at 2.11.08, there's like a lot of people here like on the street. They probably want to get like a good close-up of Woody Woodpecker right here. And for good reason. I mean, look at it. Oh, video calibration. Oh, Dean Butler. I didn't know he could sing. I've seen him, like, all the time on the new Gidget. Well, apparently he can. Pico just brought up the new Gidget. Oh, oh no. no. Yeah, oh, no. Thank what's, you. Ha- what's happened to poor Woody Woodpecker? He saw the new Gidget, too. <laughs> <laughs> Got him! Anyway. <laughs> His eyes are deflated in some way. Yeah. And, hey, look! It's Ricky Schroeder! Yeah. Brian's probably telling Ricky, can you believe this <laughs> you're seeing right now with Woody Woodpecker? I swear that thing was standing up an hour ago. And now it's just hovering over everybody. Maybe I... Woody Woodpecker saying... Oh, I have an idea of what happened after the parade. Superman went up to Woody Woodpecker and said, <laughs> you had a terrible day at the parade. And then Woody Woodpecker went up to him like that kid to Nathan Fiedler and said, I curse you. <laughs> Look, just watch the curse on Showtime, everybody. I'm sure you'll get it. Next is the East Senior High Red Raider Band out of Wauwatosa, Wisconsin. That's a lot of red. Four children in the crowd. This kid right here. I don't think he's bored more than he is confused. Do I have to remind everybody that this is supposed to be a holiday treat for children everywhere? Holiday treat for children in 1982, my ass. No wonder they had to make this parade bigger. No wonder they had to get Leonard Fry and Mr. Smith next year and get America's ass and America's ass in the same float. Ladies and gentlemen, 
It's the man we came to see, the man of the hour, with all the power, the man with the bag, who's got the... The hags at the North Pole, his wife. <laughs> the one, the only, Santa Claus, you guys. Oh, it's me, everybody. It's Santa Claus. I'm here at the parade. I know all you kids have been bored stiff for the last two and a half hours, but you know what? I'm here to make it all better. I hope you all got your strawberry shortcake and short tails toys ready for me for this Christmas. And Woody Woodpecker is thoroughly dead. Anyway. Oh, he is so dead right now. That's probably why they had all those people around, because seriously, he's barely hovering over the ground. Oh, man. Everyone's so happy to see Santa Claus. He's got a bear with him. He gave that bear to a little kid. How sweet. Oh, no, guys. Oh, no. Not this kid, Santa. <laughs> I was like, I want a bear. You remember last episode you said we should make a montage of Willard Scott wearing all the different hats? We need to make a montage of thoroughly unimpressed kids from the 1982 parade. We're running the whole gamut of emotions. Oh, but this kid, he looks pretty happy. <laughs> He's definitely in the montage. He's definitely there. This kid at least has like kind of a sort of a smile there, but his eyes are like bugging out here. It's Stop staring at Santa, man. No, don't do that, kid. Well, I guess we're all done here. Bill, can you close us out? Pause right after this. Portions of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade were brought to you by Ideal Toys. Fine toy making since 1903. By Levi's Menswear, makers of Levi's Action Slacks. By AT&T, this Christmas, be ingenious. Give genuine bell. It's at your Bell Phone Center. And by your McDonald's restaurants. You deserve a break today. Hotel accommodations for some guests of this program were furnished by the Berkshire Place, a Dunphy Classic Hotel, in exchange for this announcement. For reservations at Dunphy Hotels in the U.S. and Europe, call 800-228-2121. That's 800-228-2121. This is an incredible scene, isn't it, Brian? you got to agree, the holiday season has definitely begun. Sarah, it's truly something. I can barely hear you. This is something you really can't match, I don't think, anywhere else in the world. I mean that. You know, Thanksgiving dinner still to come. Sarah, thank you. It's been a lot of fun working with you. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Brian, and to everybody watching. From our family here at NBC to all of you and all of yours, we said it at the top, we'll say it again. It's a day to gather around friends and family and give thanks for the year that's passed, gain support for the year ahead. Thanks very much for being with us these past three hours. Enjoy. Today. Let's wish us all a happy and healthy
Man, there's like 10 people Hey guys, guess who's the stage manager for this parade, guys? The one, the only, Biff Henderson. You also see the credit roll so you could see that credit, didn't you? Well, didn't we notice in a previous parade that Biff Henderson was a stage manager? Yeah, in 83. So not totally a surprise if you think about it. And also remember, this is the first year of Late Night with David Letterman, too. Okay, guys, I'm making a proclamation right here, right now, after seeing this. In future Thanksgivings, the first episode of the week, we will advance like we do every year, 1983, 84, 85, 86, 87. Next year will be 88. But I am saying, given the availability, if it's out there, we're going to do it. We're going to go back one year every year. So next year, we're going to cover 88 and 81. Aye. And I say that after watching this, the vibe of the 1982 parade was completely different than the vibe of the 1983 parade. This was sort of meh, but the 1983 parade was fun. Now, was it because you had the castle we got it made? Was it because you had whatever there, the Care Bears, Smurfs, Shirt Tails? I don't remember what we uh, saw there. It seems from 1982 to 1983, the parade made a huge leap forward. So next year, we're going to go forward to 88. We're going to go back to 81. Fantastic. Well, before we sign off, I want to do two things. First, I want to mention that after this, if you were watching this on NBC, the NBC Thanksgiving Day game for the NFL this day was the Dallas Cowboys against the Cleveland Browns. Now, I want to note, guys, this was 1982, and this was technically week four because this was the year of the NFL strike with the players. So this was the second week back from the strike, and the final score was 31-14 Dallas. Now, I'm going to give the lines here for the uh, quarterbacks in this game. Danny White for Dallas was 13 for 22 with 215 yards, two TDs, and an interception. But Mike, Brian Sype threw for 85 yards, and threw for three interceptions. Well, you see, when you said the Browns were on Thanksgiving of 1982, I knew it was not going to end well because 82 was a very sucky year. 83 was a very sucky year. Things turned around in 85, but those early 80s were very thin times. It never really recovered after, what, 80. Well, 80 is when uh, Red Right 88 happened when they lost in the, like, super frigid playoff game against the Raiders. So, yeah, 81, yeah, they started sliding, and then 82, 83, you would have had Sam Rotigliano fired, and then 84 is when Schottenheimer came aboard, and that's when the good times started rolling. And then 85, you had Bernie, and, well, the rest is Brown's history. And we talked about last episode about Bernie's big-ass Super Bowl ring. 
But I should note in this game, Tony Dorsett had 20 carries, 116 yards, and two touchdowns. So that's pretty good. Oh, Ozzie Newsom had two catches for 40 yards. He had something that game. Ozzie's in the Hall of Fame for a reason. Yeah. Well, what else can we say about the 1982 Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? We had a lot of bored-ass kids at the parade. We had shirt tails. We had strawberry shortcake. We had Paul Williams. We had Milton Berle and drag. It was everything you could ever ask for. We had the Leonard Fry head of broccoli hybrid. That's right. And you know what they all made in 1982? No friggin' sense! <laughs> Anything on TV. But before we sign off, you know what? I don't think we did it last week, so let's get on with it. It's the Russell Westbrook update. Russell Westbrook, he can sure score triple doubles, but he sure as hell can't think straight when he's trying to make a pass. It's the Russell Westbrook update. Well, guys, when we last left Russ, they had come off a loss to the Lakers by five. Now, Russ... He had 17 points on November 6th against the Knicks, but they lost. He had 13 points against the Nets, and they lost on November 8th. He had 14 points against the Mavericks, and they lost. He had 12 points against Memphis, and they lost. He had 8 points against the Nuggets, and they lost. Gee, what just happened with the Clippers? Hmm. Oh, yeah, I know why. It was James Harden. But on Friday, November 17th, the Clippers in their in-season tournament game against the Rockets won 106-100. Russ had eight points, but you know what? James Harden had the big shot to win the game for the Clippers. So, okay. They finally won a game with James Harden. And hold on. I love that Chico was doing the slow clap like he was the Joker in the Dark Knight. I was actually watching the Joker in the Dark Knight earlier today. Okay, the Clippers, let's see. What the hell is their record right now? Clippers. Four and seven. One thing that should be mentioned and Greg shared this with me, is that Russell Westbrook made a comment about maybe I should be coming off the bench. And oddly enough, last night, the 17th, uh, as we're recording this, Russell Westbrook did not start. He came off the bench, and coincidentally, they won. So maybe he's onto something. Well, that'll do it for now. We'll see what happens with Russ coming up and the Clippers in the next several weeks. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this episode. But remember, you can always go to our website, It Was a Thing on TV, where you can listen to the 429 episodes that precede this one. We've got all sorts of great bonuses there, including mini-sodes, live shows, extended versions of previous episodes. The whole works. 
And remember, we are on all social media, including Instagram, Threads, and Mastodon at It Was A Thing On TV, except for Facebook, where we're at. It Was A Thing On TV podcast. And remember, if you want to follow us on Mastodon, search for us at It Was A Thing On TV at tvwatch.party. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever fine podcasts can be streamed for Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeart, Audible, etc. And don't forget, we are on YouTube where you can like and subscribe to the channel. And don't forget to hit the notification bell on YouTube to be informed of all future uploads on the channel, including what's coming up on the podcast next time. Well, we are going to conclude the celebration of the Doctor Who 60th anniversary next week, Chica, with a special Children in Need presentation. Yeah, because Children in Need is going on as we record this, and this was one of perhaps the best Doctor Who Children in Need specials, which will have... You think Jodie Whittaker is the first female Doctor? Not so. So that is coming up as we wrap up our celebration of the 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. And then, now we're not going to release an episode on... Thursday. We're going to release another episode on Wednesday like we're doing with this one. But there's a reason why we're releasing an episode on Wednesday next week. Now, if you remember back in 2020, we had a 100th birthday tribute for Bill Cullen. And then in 2021, we had a special 100th birthday tribute to Calvert DeForest, a.k.a. Larry Bud Melman. But we're going to have another 100th birthday centennial celebration for a newsman who I mean he's been no longer with us for the last 40 years but you know what his story is kind of incredible that we figure well he definitely fits the theme of our podcast because we're all about the obscure and forgotten things on TV and we feel like this man has been a forgotten thing on TV and we figure well let's for his 100th birthday do a celebration of this man. And he does share a certain name with an individual who might go by an alias named Ango Gublogian. Also, we should add, we talked about the Calvin Forest Centennial. We talked about Bill Cullen Centennial. Greg forgot to mention the Norman Lear Centennial. Are we going to forget about the Betty White Centennial? Oh, that's right. When we did Pet Set. Oh, yeah. Let's forget all the centennials that we've done over the last four plus years. We've done 430 episodes. I'm inclined to forget an episode or two on occasion. We've only done four centennials and you forgot half of them. But yeah, this person, a name that's loved among the three of us, but I don't think this guy was in a diaper and got stuck in a jungle gym. No. But hold on, guys. We're not done yet because this week we actually are going to have a surprise for you tomorrow. Or if you're listening elsewhere in a couple minutes. But we are going to have a special surprise mini sode for Thanksgiving. And it's all about the football. So. Let's hope you don't slip and slide on the snow for that upcoming edition of It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you with that special episode coming up on Thanksgiving or in a couple minutes. Wow! I always say, 
A day without weeds is like a squirrel without roller skates. Even on the worst days, weeds can always lift my spirits. When I'm feeling rotten and all but forgotten by most of the people I know, I'm quickly recovered because I've discovered there's one happy place where I can go. It's really one of my most favorite spots where I keep my little cow who live in pot. Weeds, how I love my lovely weeds. I attend to all their needs. They're my buddies, they're my weeds. Weeds, when they're trampled, my heart bleeds. All my care and woe we see when I'm chatting with my weeds. I'm not like the rest who treat weeds like a pet. No plants give me joy like they do. I won't use a spray to keep crabgrass away, but the weed has the right to be here too. There's some place that I really like to be. When I'm with them, they enjoy my company. Weeds, it's a hobby mankind needs. Much more fun than stringing bees. Simple, satisfying weeds. Weeds, there's a flora no one needs. One of my most noble deeds is to stand up for the weeds. So keep your flowery bouquet. Give me a down-to-earth weed any day. Weeds, whether milk or rag or bees, there's no landscape that succeeds like a garden full of weeds. Weeds, I devoutly sow their seeds, and they grow at different speeds. But I love them all my weeds. Minisode 29. Submission 2545. Leon Letts, Thanksgiving 93 Blunder. Leon Letts, Thanksgiving 93 Blunder occurred on Thanksgiving Day 1993 in a game between the Dallas Cowboys and the Miami Dolphins on NBC. Well, releasing this surprise minisode on Thanksgiving prior to the NBC night game tonight, between the San Francisco 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks. Because that's what America really wants to see. America really wants to see Geno Smith in prime time. And let me say this from experience. No, you do not want to see Geno Smith in prime time. No. I don't want to see Geno Smith at all. Mike, do you agree with us? I look at the situation as not looking forward to seeing Geno Smith. I'm looking forward to seeing Kenneth Walker the third, because I think he's a beast of a running back. What about Christian McCaffrey? That guy. What do you have against him? What? What did he do to you? He scored like a touchdown in what? 18 straight games. I think he's overrated personally, but that, and I know that's not a good take. So, given hold on. He, Time out. You agree with that kid in that NFL shop commercial? Kid's a smart kid. Yankees thumbs down guy uh, here. No. No. Uh-uh. no. Sorry. No. Christian McCaffrey and Brock Purdy, the 49ers right now are the most complete team in football. The no, most- football. no. Don't feed me that crap, especially when they're what? Like six and three? They have the same record as the Browns? 
and the Browns beat them? No, don't tell me they're the most complete team in football when you've got the Ravens, as much as I dislike them, and you've got the Eagles, and you've got the Lions. Don't the tell Chiefs. me that. And the Chiefs. Them too. Mahomes and his red underwear. <laughs> I'm just thinking, Mike, the Kansas City Chiefs are perhaps the Wait, best 55, just, oh, time out, time the, the best 55 time. man team in all of football. Time it's out. Cool. Time out. Did you say the Kansas City Chiefs? The Kansas City Chief, Chief, Chiefs? No. Okay. You know what I think? Kansas City Chiefs are the best 55-person team in all of football. Think about it. Look, we only have so much time here, so let's just get our head to the topic here. Now, Super Bowl twenty seven in 1993 between the Cowboys and the Bills was a blowout by the Cowboys. There was one moment in that game, Mike, that everyone remembers. Vividly. It was a fumble return picked up by Leon Lett. And he got a little over-exuberant getting to the end zone. It's a clear path to the end zone. And he, I don't want to say he was showboating, but he held the ball out and... As he got to the goal line, if he would have just crossed the goal line with the football, would have been a touchdown. But Don Beebe, who is a pretty good wide receiver and a special team star back in the day for Buffalo, came from behind, caught up to Leon Lett. Leon Lett was not a fast person because he was a defensive tackle. He was a big guy, probably like, I think, 6'6", and probably well over 300 pounds. And Don Beebe was like 5'10", and he was a wide receiver. you got to be fast to be a wide receiver. So he caught up to uh, Leon Letton, knocked the ball out of his hands before the goal line. And at that point, it became just a uh, a touchback. But that was a play that haunted Leon Lett all year, despite the Cowboys winning by 35 points going into the next season. I think it still haunts him to this day. That he didn't get a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Well, that's like the big stage, the big moment. He's remembered, but for all the wrong reasons, if you think about it. He scores the touchdown. He's remembered for other things, maybe even an MVP award. And instead, yeah, he's remembered, but he's remembered as the bonehead who stuck his arm out uh, as he's running and Don Beebe came by and knocked out the ball. In a game they handily won. How can you be the GOAT in a game you won by 35 points? And I use the actual term of what it was meant for. Not this stupid greatest all-time But okay. It's 10 months later. And we're at Texas Stadium for Thanksgiving 1993. Between the Cowboys and the Dolphins on NBC. The same network that broadcast Super Bowl twenty-seven. We had Troy Aikman quarterbacking for the Cowboys, but for the Dolphins, Dan Marino was injured for this game. And he was replaced by some guy named Steve DeBerg. Mike, do we have any information about Steve DeBerg? He would have been ancient at the time. I'm not even really kidding when I say that. For a quarterback, he would have been old. He was born in uh, 54. So he would have been, at this point, just uh, under the age of 40. 
And the thing is, back in 1993, if you were a 40-year-old quarterback, you were most likely a desperation hire or somebody on a contract that just needed to fulfill whatever. But yeah, he was over the hill, let's say. But no, Steve DeBerg, he had a impressive enough career. Started in 78. And actually, believe it or not, in 1998, at age 44, he played eight games, half the season, for the Falcons. And that was the team that went to the Super Bowl against the Broncos. And that would be the team that lost the Super Bowl to the Broncos and Super Bowl 33. He was actually the backup to Chris Chandler. Not that Chris Chandler, but another Chris Chandler who played all 14 games and was 13 and 1. Let's get into the reason why we're talking about this. So it's late in the game. Miami's driving and they have a chance to kick the game winning field goal with the score of 14 to 13 Dallas. And before I get into this game, our commentary team for this is the great Dick Enberg for NBC and his color guy. Mike, I think this is the first time we're ever going to talk about this man on this podcast. Maybe this might be the last time we ever talk about this man on the podcast, but he is a broadcasting legend as far as football goes. And that would be Bob Trumpy. He was like the color guy from my heyday uh, when I first started watching football back in like the 80s and early 90s. It was always, uh, at least for here, it seemed like whenever the Browns played, it was always Don Crickey and Bob Trumpy. But Bob Trumpy himself, he was a pretty darn good tight end back in the day. Four-time Pro Bowler. Uh, for Cincinnati, right? Yeah, for Cincinnati, uh, 68 to 77. We have Miami kicking the ball. It's uh, Pete Stoyanovich trying to make the winning kick for Miami here. And this is courtesy of the NFL Throwback YouTube channel that has this up. And before I play the clip, guys, do you want to know what Miami's win percentage chance was right before they made this kick? Mike, I want you to take a guess. I have no idea. Let's say 80%. Chico, I told you this. Do you want to tell Mike the answer? 69%. Noise. <laughs> do, do I really need to like remind you guys that last week I pulled the card numbered 69 out of 69? <laughs> True story. All right. Here's the clip, everybody, as Miami's trying to win the game. And this uh, has become a memorable Thanksgiving Day game. Will it go in the win column to Dallas or Miami? Stoyanovich will decide it as he will. Okay, before now, we've seen the win probability pop up, but I should mention, I did not mention this. It actually snowed in Dallas this day. And this was in the era before they had a dome stadium. Well, remember, Texas Stadium had that hole in the roof. It had that weird-ass shape. So that God can watch his favorite team play every Sunday. 
my ass that's God's favorite team. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brandon, if you're listening. Try this field goal, which will be 40 yards. 40 yards. Doug Peterson to hold. Blocks. The Cowboys will win. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Wales in the end zone. No one covered it. A Dallas player touched the ball, and then the Dolphins went on and recovered it. It's on the. Okay, for the audio listeners, can we describe what happened with the video? We're digging a hole where Doug Peterson's going to catch it and hold it for Pete Stoyanovich. Pete Stoyanovich runs in, kicks it up, blocked by who? Who was the one with the block on it? Uh, some guy on Dallas blocked it, but they cut away. They show Jerry Jones celebrating, cut to Don Shula, and then cut to Troy Aikman and Michael Irvin Huttiging. And then Enberg's like, wait a minute, because we're not seeing it, but Enberg and Trump are seeing what's going on. And then we go back and we see Miami has the ball. The refs are deliberating right now over if it's a touchdown or not. So let's go back to Dick and Bob here. Sorted out. And there's three seconds left on the clock. 92. Tolbert gets his hand up in the air and knocks the ball. No, it's not 92. It's 97. Jimmy now, Jones. Now, someone touches the football here. Watch what happens. It's Leon Lett. No. Oh, Lett, who is haunted by a Super Bowl misplay. And the ball goes into the end zone. They say it was touched at the one-yard line. If that were, if we had instant replay, that's a touchdown. The momentum carried the ball in there, and Leon left. No, now with three seconds left. Now we have seven Cowboys players arguing with one referee. Leon Lett decided, you know what? I'm going to like Leroy Jenkins this. Even though we've won the game, I'm just going to slide my ass on the snow here on this artificial turf and try to touch the ball. In Leon Lett's defense. It was snow on artificial turf, where snow doesn't usually be on artificial turf. Greg paused the screen. Number 96 for the Dolphins. Is that Mike Golick? It might be. Was he on the Dolphins in 93? Was he even a defensive lineman? His brother would have been a defensive lineman, but I don't think... Bob would have been around till 93 because he would have been drafted, I want to say, 78-ish. It's Mike Golick. Oh, look who the head referee is for this game. Ed Hockley is the head referee for this game. The Ed Hockley gun show. Oh, that's what Ed Hockley is most known for is his big guns. Well, he wasn't really working out quite that hard yet in 93, but... You know, it's so crazy. His son is now a ref. Sean Hockley. Yeah, but he's not as buff as his dad. No. What's going on down there? And let on the slick field, able to make another misplay. And Jerry Jones, who was a smile, was as big as the panhandle. One minute now, wondering what kind of fate. 
Gee, I hope Yogi Bear is watching. Elvis Patterson out there. He's trying to come in and throw snow on the yeah. spot. Doug Peterson has had time to really clear a path here. I don't know if this would be legal in golf, but it is here. The field goal was touched beyond the line by the receiving team. The kicking team then recovered the ball in the field of play and slid into the end zone. However, since the ball was still a kick, it's down when the, the kicking team recovered the ball. The kicking team gets awarded the ball at the spot in the field of play, first down. And the dog. <laughs> they cut to Jimmy Johnson right here. And Jimmy has like the most sad face. He is befuddled. Mike, what's your reaction to Jimmy's reaction? In his mind, he's saying, damn, how many laps am I going to make that let guy run this time? Uh, he is, I think befuddled is the appropriate word. He is shell-shocked. I love the snowflakes on Don Shula's Dolphin starter hat right there. Oh, and now we see the win probability has changed. Miami's win probability is now 81.9%. Dallas's win probability at 18.1%. So it raised 12 points after that. Almost 13. 12.9. But look at this. Doug Peterson and the rest of the Dolphins players are like, they're kicking the snow. Like, get out of there, snow. Well, no, what they're doing is they're getting rid of the snow, so... Whoever the quarterback is, I don't think it would have been Doug Peterson at this no, point. It, it was Peterson because he was the holder. Oh, they're going to re-kick it. I thought they were, uh, since it was a first down, they were going to possibly run it in. I mean, I know it looks like it's about a, what, eh, five, seven-yard run. But, yeah, it, it would be, what, about a 35-yard chip shot? No, it would be like 20 because they recovered it like the two. Oh, I, I saw the goal line there. And it looked like uh, it was about five to seven yards. I didn't know they uh, recovered at the two. I thought uh, I thought it was closer to like the seven or so. Okay. Well, remember, there's also three seconds left. But we're seeing Doug Peterson. He's like kicking the snow. And he's he's wiping that down. He's wiping the snow off the artificial turf with the, like a tower or something. Let, let's actually remember. Thank you, Greg. That's artificial turf. That's not real turf. And they wouldn't have the field turf until, like, what, mid-2000s? Yeah, that sounds about right. It's sort of like if you have that powdery carpet cleaner and you're sprinkling it all over, now you're basically kicking it. And you know it's hard to get off of, so they're just kicking it with all their might, kicking it, brushing it, doing whatever they have to do to get some sort of traction on an already tractionless turf. All right, so we have three seconds left. They're going to re-kick this. They took so a they... delay of game, so they push it back five yards. So now they're digging up that space again. Then they changed their mind and brought it back to the original spot. So now Doug Peterson, holding from that original spot, Pete Stoyanovich is going to get one more go at this. So let's see what happens when they re-kick it. The Dolphins pull it out! 
I'm sure was the happiest man in Dallas on Thanksgiving 93. And the Cowboys, well, after this game, don't feel bad for them because they'd go on to win eight straight games after this and win Super Bowl 28, defeating the Bills for the second consecutive year. Even though Leon Lett made a mistake here, the Cowboys ended up going on from there and winning the Super Bowl. And that's how Bernie Kosar got his Super Bowl ring. That's right, because remember, Bernie Kosar was infamously cut by the Browns and ended up as Troy Aikman's backup. But then his final two years were spent, oddly enough, in Miami. And I've actually seen Bernie's Super Bowl ring. About 15 years ago, he wore it to uh, some sort of signing or public appearance, and he had it right there, unguarded, where people could take photos of it, look at it, touch it, and it was massive. Jerry Jones went to no expense to get the best rings that probably 1993 technology could do. It doesn't do what the rings do nowadays, where it's got lids and mini stadiums inside the ring, and but it is just a massive like ball of golden diamonds. I got a question, Mike. We know that the Dallas Cowboys have that AI Jerry Jones at AT&T Stadium. Do you think we could ask that AI Jerry Jones what he felt during that Thanksgiving 93 game? You go to Dallas, you try it out, and report back to us. AI Jerry Jones, really? Isn't it bad enough having the real-life Jerry Jones? Oh, don't worry. I'm sure if Dallas goes somewhere this year, somebody on Dallas's defense will pull a Leon Lett in honor of the 30th anniversary of this occurrence. Not going to put money on Micah Parsons. Micah Parsons is a good player. Trayvon Diggs, too. What if somebody this year for Dallas in the playoffs pulls a never Ezekiel Elliott and gets run over like a bad truck? Oh, no. Tony Pollard played center, and he ended his career in Dallas by getting leveled during the playoffs. Oh, what will we do? Hey, that worked out really well for Elliott. He's suffering in New England. Ha, 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 ha. So what can we say about Leon Lett on Thanksgiving 1993? He committed a horrifying blunder that cost the Cowboys a game. But it gave us a very hilarious thing on TV. And also Doug Peterson just kicking and wiping all the snow. You know what? I'd like to see in a Jaguars game in case they're ever on the road in the snow and there's a big spot, whoever the backup QB for the Jaguars is. Doug Peterson's like, I'm going to show you what you do. And he has a towel and he wipes the snow. Hey, Greg, I can tell you, Jacksonville's coming to Cleveland in December. That would be great. We could have snow in Cleveland for that game and we could see Doug teach whoever the... Who is... Trevor Lawrence's backup in Jacksonville. I'm looking. December 10th, it may be snowy. Who knows? It's been very warm the last couple of winters. The backup quarterback is C.J. Beathard. He played a number of seasons with the 49ers, pre-Trey Lance, pre-Purdy. And he started a few games. Not really all that impressive. 
he's been in the league now six years. He's got 3,551 passing yards, 18 TDs, 14 interceptions. So he's a backup. And when you're talking about somebody who's only going to appear in just uh, like the end of the game and blowouts or somebody who may replace Trevor Lawrence due to injury. Yeah, he's that type of QB. Would I rather have him over P.J. Walker? Eh, I don't know about that. That's Houston Roughnecks legend, P.J. Walker. Thank you very much. Do you have any final thoughts, Chico? I'm just thinking to myself, it doesn't snow that darn much in Dallas. They were not prepared for it. I have a final thought, too. On a holiday, which is devoted to turkeys, one Thanksgiving, Leon Lett was the biggest turkey of them all. And that's going to do it for this mini-sode. And we'll see you with more stuff down the line real soon. Wow! Fourth down and six. And right fumbles. Picked up by Leon Lett. Can he go all the way? It's a 60-yard run. He's being chased by BB. Watch out. Did he get across? No, they are not. That's going to be a touchback to Buffalo. There's no call yet, though. He has not marked touchdown. It was knocked out of his hands and went out of bounds in the end zone, which would give it to Buffalo at the 20. And look at Lett. If they call that a no touchdown, he's going to dig a hole and crawl out of this place from there. He's going to need a big hole. (laughs) They have not made the call yet. Was it knocked out of his hand before? There's Leon. He celebrated too soon. No, that's Jeffco. He's the guy who made the hit. Leon Lett's still lying in the end zone. Now he's on his feet. And the call by hand. The play has been ruled as a fumble in the field of play. The fumble went forward through the end zone and out of the end zone, creating a touchback. Buffalo's ball, first and ten. Leon Lett would have scored. But he slowed down to celebrate at the five-yard line. And when he did, Don Beebe, hustling, stripped it away. And 